All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is that time. Time for the Buckeye Leaf cast. Yes, this is a special edition. Just me and my boy, Mr. Jeremy Royer, because, well, the other two constituents, Mr. Royer, couldn't make tonight's festivities. So um, I said to hell with it. Let's do it alone. Because you and me, we're ready to talk some basketball, college basketball, Ohio State basketball. So good evening, sir. How we doing? What's going on, What's buddy? going on? Hey, man. Just uh, ready to talk some hoops, hey, bro. I mean, there's like this certain thing going on here in March. What, I, um, something about dancing. I think dancing is involved yeah. with this, with like basketball yeah. this time of year. Something to do with like square dancing or the uh, Charleston <laughs> skip to my Lou, you know, something silly like that. There's uh, some sort of uh, tournament that happens every time uh, this this time of year, except for last year it didn't happen this time of year. But uh, we're lucky enough to see March Madness, the big dance, as some people call it. It has become popular uh, vernacular in history. For the NCAA 68 field tournament, which is going to be happening here in just a couple of days. Thursday, Mr. Royer is going to be the first four set of games, uh, which feature two 16 seeds taking on one another. Excuse me. Well, four 16 seeds in all, two 16 seeded games, four 11 seeds, two 11 seeded games uh, happening on Thursday, of course. This year's tournament a little bit different from the others because even though, Jeremy, they came out with the East, South, Midwest, uh, and um, uh, the, the East, West, South, and Midwest regions as they always do every year, it's not at all going to be taking place in any of those regions. It's all being played in the state of Indiana. Um and we'll get into that here in a few minutes, but it's it's kind of weird that they still came out with the regions this year, uh, even though it's all being played in one state. Um, but before we get into that, this is, of course, Jeremy, the Buckeye Leaf cast. So let's start talking <sighs> about the Buckeyes. I know your favorite subject. Your favorite subject right now is to talk about some Ohio State basketball. So let's begin by saying this, all right? Buckeyes, number five seed, number five seed in the Big Ten Conference Tournament, yet they are the ninth-ranked team overall. So if that doesn't tell you how deep the Big Ten Conference is, or at least how they are perceived as being that deep this year, uh, the Buckeyes were the fifth seed, and let's just get it out there, man. Cinderella run, almost, of sorts, as far as I'm concerned. This was, I mean, they beat two teams that were seeded higher than them, almost knocked off the second seeded Illini yesterday on Sunday. Um, and it didn't look pretty at first, but they almost got the job done, however they didn't. So, <laughs> Let's start talking about the Buckeyes and the fact that, first of all, Jeremy, they lose the last four games of the regular season. What's going through your mind at that point when they lose the last four games of the regular season despite having won, what, eight in a row? And like 10 out of their last 11 games, they dropped the last four games 
What's going through your mind at that point heading into the Big Ten Conference Tournament? Well, <laughs> as you guys like to read my so eloquent, you know, in our thing we always have going all week. Oh, we're going to be referencing the text threads, I'm sure, throughout this the, conversation. Between the four of us, you know, the yeah. sky is falling when it comes to the way I look at it. <laughs> you know, they lose four in a row going into – because, you, dude, look, man. We need to get your wife, know. Sherry, on to validate this the sky <laughs> is falling attitude. I think we need to hear from her for a minute. No, she actually – well, if you need evidence, she took off as soon as we started. So, she, you know, she's like, okay, time for me to go. Yeah, she doesn't so, want to stick around it, and, and, and yeah, listen to but, basketball but crap. Anyway, dude, I, when they lost the last four, I think I even said to you guys, I was like, hell, they'll probably lose the first game of the Big Ten tournament. And, you know, because come March, man, you want to be going this way, not this way. I mean – it's all about yep momentum ramp up for March and for the postseason, sure. and that's what you're supposed to get your shit together come March. And they were falling off a cliff, yep. and it was just like, oh my god, I'm like, here we go, man. And I, to be honest, I was surprised how they turned it around in the tournament, man. Me too. Like, I really was. Yeah. I mean, even the Minnesota game, I was like, man, we could lose this game. Like, I was just kind of like. I mean, Minnesota's always kind of like, eh, you know. I mean, they beat us earlier in the year at their place. So it was like, if they lost this game, I wouldn't be surprised. I was like, but, I mean, they beat Minnesota, and then they beat eh, the little rodents up north. Yes. And I'm like, hey, man. So, and they beat Purdue, and it was like, wow, dude. Like, so I think they're headed in the right direction. Even the Illinois game, as much as, and we'll get into it, as much as I was you know the sky is falling you know how i am glass is always half empty and the sky is falling and it could be just one play and i'm ready to say this fuck this game's over with it's over it's done i'm not watching it i'm such a little you know pansy boy and you know so So for those of you out there who who to give jeremy some context Context. yes exactly into his comments um and we've mentioned this before on on the show the fact that you, myself, and two others in Mr. Kevin Imes and Ryan Ross Roar, the Triple R, <laughs> the two others who could not make tonight's podcast, um, we, the four of us, have a text thread going on. And typically, Ohio State football, Ohio State basketball is when we are the heaviest in conversation. Now, there might be something else going on where somebody will throw something out. We'll start talking a little bit. But typically, during Ohio State games is when we are the most involved in conversation. And as we have stated on this podcast a number of times, but for those of you who may be new to the show, um, Jeremy and I have a tendency to kind of be, (laughs) as we are now likening ourselves as being the negative Nancys of the group. And Jeremy is probably the most negative of Nancy's <laughs> of the four of us. Even I will kind of pull back and be like, all right, now calm down. We, 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 okay, it's, it's early. Dude, it's two minutes into the game. It's okay. We're, we got a lot of basketball. We got a lot of football left to play. And that's the thing, actually. This is more of a basketball conversation than football because – Football, we haven't really had too much to be negative about the last few years. But at any rate, you know, um, and Kevin Ross is is, is typically typically working because he works a lot of nights. So he doesn't necessarily get as involved in a conversation as the three of us, you, me and Kevin do. 
but Kevin's kind of the one that tries to play like the equalizer. Like, and it gets to the point where like, dude, Kevin's like, you know, dude, Jeremy, oh my God, like <laughs> chill out, man. Chill out, bro. It's cool. <laughs> We're going to be okay. Quit being negative. Um, but it's, it's sometimes not difficult to feel that way, especially after seeing Ohio State drop four games in a row at the end of the season, after being on an eight game and 10 out of 11 win streak. And at that point, you are kind of scratching your head going, okay, Michigan, I, I get it. That was a great game back and forth. Yes, Ohio State made a couple of more mistakes down the stretch than Michigan did, and it came back to bite them, and they lost by five points at home. But that was still a hell of a basketball game. Ohio State played a great game, in my mm -hmm. opinion. A couple of mistakes, and, and it could have gone the other way, but could have, would have, should have. Michigan State, here we go. Late lead, give it up. Of course, they're on the road. They didn't have Kyle Young for that game. And the um, uh, Spartans had Gabe Brown, a guy they didn't have um, in the first game that they played in Columbus where Ohio State beat the crap out of them. And the game... 19? I think we beat them by like 19. Uh, you know, I can't remember the exact score, but I have the schedule pulled up. Let me go look at it real quick. It I think we beat them by like 19 because it was like the largest margin of victory in the city. Like we had beaten them by since like, God, like way back, I don't know. In the late 90s, I think? 17. 90s. Okay. 79-62, final score. Okay. And, yes, I, I don't remember the exact specifics of, like, the, yeah. you know, last time we beat them that bad. But it was something like that. Um, however, you know, second time around, it's, it's in East Lansing. And I know Chris Holtman has even made the comment that these games, extremely marginal, nominal, mm -hmm. as far as home court advantage is concerned because of the whole – basically non-crowd factor right now. Um, so being up there, but still, you got to travel. You got to go there. Different locker room. Just yep. the whole nine. There's got to be definitely an edge to having home court yeah. advantage. And the fact that the Buckeyes didn't have Kyle Young, the Spartans had Gabe Brown. I'm sure that played a factor. Late game comeback. Sparty wins by four, 71-67. Then they come back home <laughs> a few nights later and get trashed by Iowa at home, where Ohio State, of course, had come back to beat Iowa on their, whole, yeah. their own court just a few uh, weeks before. And, um, yeah, Iowa just pays them back, wins by 16 points, and that was really a game that was never in doubt as far as Iowa winning and Ohio State losing. I mean, Iowa had control yeah. the entire time. Ohio State looked like poop, and Iowa got the big win. Then you have the Illinois game to end the regular season. A week later, Illini, uh, or should I say the Buckeyes, have a lead late in the game, and then, of course, some mistakes down the stretch. They end up giving up that lead. Illinois comes back. They beat the Buckeyes in Columbus pay back Ohio State from when Ohio State beat them in late January on their court. Uh, Illinois wins by 573-68. So it's not hard to, 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 to say that you were wrong, Jeremy, in feeling that the Big Ten tournament may not have exactly gone the way that we saw it go for Ohio State yeah. heading in after those four games. 
Yeah, and it bringing up that Illinois game, you're going to give me like, you know, because look, we talked a little bit before we started the podcast, and I, I've got no issue with getting beat because somebody was better than you, mano a mano, they just outplayed you, whatever the case may be. But that Illinois game specifically, in the last three minutes and 40-some-odd like 40, seconds. Like 42 seconds, 48 point. seconds, yeah. Yeah. Never scored another yep. point. And they outscored us like, what, 9 to nothing to end the game or something to that effect. It was like 8 or but 9, like, yeah, I think 9 nothing. Yeah, yeah, 9 nothing. You can't score? Like, you can't score. That, that That's not a matter of you're getting outplayed. You just can't score? Like, and it was like... They're in that four-game losing streak, man. And I think you referenced this in our text thread. It's like when they get late in games, they start taking these desperate shots. Like, it's it, it's almost like, why are you taking that shot? You don't need to. Yeah. Like, And then it's like certain personnel taking shots that you're like, why is he shooting? <laughs> yeah. Like, why is he shooting a three? You're like, what, what's going on right now? It's like they become a completely different team. And it's just kind of like, what the hell's going on? And so – course i'm mr negative nancy and so i become doom and gloom (laughs) sky's falling and look i know you guys are probably like you read the text you're like oh my god like dude (laughs) shut up man like i get it but you know i I mean uh, oh i I will say there are times when i think you have a tendency to overreact you overreact a little bit, and it's like, all right, now, now hold on. Now, at, at times when, yeah, and we'll get into this, in the rubber match for the Big Ten Conference Tournament Championship, some mistakes down the end came back to bite them. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll get into that here in a, in a minute or two. But, yeah, it's understandable to get upset when mistakes happen in those situations. But when they happen, like, you know, Ten minutes to go in the first half. It's like, all right, Jeremy, yeah. come on, dude, well, come on. They well, the got some time part, left to 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 come back. <laughs> well, the funniest part yesterday and the whole text thread was when the game started. I immediately became Mister Doom and Gloom, and I had sent like, <laughs> like you did, man. You straight. started look, look, you started off running oh, immediately into the I game, and for good reason. And once again, we'll get into that, but there was good reason. Because Ohio State wasn't giving us a whole lot to look forward to at the start of that game yesterday. Dude, I came in sprinting. There was no walking into that. I came in running 100 miles an hour. And and I had sent like like four or five straight sky is falling text messages. And then Ross, no one responded. No one said a word. And then Ross goes, so I take it we're winning? (laughs) (laughs) See, leave it up to Ross, yeah, to come back with some witty retort. I was like, that's beautiful. Yeah. That was the perfect response. Yeah. And then, like, honestly, dude, when it, when it was, I think, 27 to 12, I literally was like, well. It was 27 to 10 at one point. Or t- yeah. yeah. I was like, I got stuff to do around the house. I'm like, I'm going to, you know. Did you literally doing- turn off the game and start doing things around the house at yeah. that point? I literally turned the game wow. off and started doing some other shit around the wow. house. And then, and then Ross, I, well, and then I would kind of peek at my phone every little bit just to see if we were talking like, about it yeah and it kept being like 10.6 you know between 10 and like you know 15 it kept staying in that right and then ross was like hey you might want to turn it back on and i looked and it was like i think it was like 61 to 60 and i'm like holy shit i'm like <laughs> okay and so i ended up watching the last little bit and then of course overtime and watched them you know piss down their leg and <laughs> 
<laughs> so I got to see ultimately what I knew was going to end up happening that was going to piss me off. And, you know, so at 407, look, hey, look I, I've, I've said before and I'll say it again. I think Illinois is a super elite team. I think they were the best team in the conference all year. I thought they were better than Michigan. And I think AO and, and, Coburn, Cockburn, however you want to say it. I, I say Cockburn. I'm sorry. Coburn. That's got a CK after the CO. Yeah. And that's in our language pronounced a certain way, yeah. but whatever. They're, they're extremely talented. And there's a lot of people that have them winning the whole thing. There's a lot of people that have them in the, the, the final game against like Gonzaga. Right. And, you know, they're really good. And without Kyle Young yesterday, that hurt. Look, I, I mean, we had nobody to bang with, with Coburn. I mean, so, and Kyle Young might be a little undersized when it comes he's to physical. that. He's physical. He is a banger. He's a he's banger, physical. man. He will, go up, yep. he will go up against anybody. Yep. And we've seen him have so many different injuries here and there. And, I, you know, I don't know what his status is for Friday. But, I mean, I guess if you could rest him a little more, go ahead. I think we could probably handle Oral Roberts without oh, him. I, but, you if, know. if we can't beat Oral Roberts... Without Kyle <laughs> Young, and we were able to beat Michigan to get to the championship game without Kyle Young. Now, yeah. granted, and we'll get into that in a second, too. But still, yeah, if we can't beat Oral Roberts without Kyle Young, then yeah. we don't deserve to be a number. We, we didn't deserve to be in the tournament at all. No. We didn't even deserve at to all. be in the NIT. We should have been like Belmont, no. where we don't even get yeah. an, inv an invite to the NIT if we can't beat Oral Roberts. Now, having said that, of course, it's not out of the realm <laughs> of possibility that a 15 beats a 2. Hasn't happened often, but it at least yeah. has happened before. And, of course, as we've seen, a 16 is now beating a 1. So anything yeah, is possible have. when it comes to the dance. Yep. But – they have. Having said all of that, then, Jeremy, frankly, what were your expectations heading into the Big Ten tournament? Let me just set this up. The Buckeyes just seeing the bracket, just seeing the bracket, and the fact that you saw, as I was calling it in my articles with Columbus Wired, and I hated to pull a term, I hated to do this, but honestly, my... 43-year-old brain couldn't think of any other way of putting it than to pull a term that the smelly rodents used back in their 2018 football season and calling that their oh, God. revenge tour. Revenge tour. Yeah. But it was. It was seriously a mini revenge tour of sorts where <clears throat> you had the, per the, the possibility of playing, well, Minnesota, if Northwestern knocked them off. You had the, the the possibility of rematching with Minnesota, the only team who beat you by the largest margin of any team throughout yeah. the entire season, <laughs> even Iowa. Minnesota eclipsed Iowa by one point, beating the Buckeyes by 17 points. So you had an opportunity there to rematch with them. Then, of course, if you won that game and you... you if you won that game, you now had the opportunity to go play a team, the only team to beat you twice, twice. in the same season in fourth-seeded Purdue. And then, if you get on from that game and the smelly <laughs> rodents were able to move out to the uh, Final Four of the Big Ten Conference Tournament, 
you had an opportunity to play them, who, of course, the only game this year we played against them, as we stated earlier, we lost. So right there, the opportunity to go on a revenge tour of sorts for your first three games of the Big Ten Conference Tournament, which ended up coming true, just looking at that bracket and going, okay, these are the possibilities that that I see ahead of of the Buckeyes. What are you what are you giving them their chances that they're going to get to the championship game at that point? Well, considering my doom and gloom outlook, <laughs> yeah, come on, Nancy, shoot me straight. Well, going well, the, the fact <laughs> that they had lost four in a row, I was thinking to myself, sitting there with my and you know, I'm thinking, well, if they lose to Minnesota, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be like, oh my God, they lost to Minnesota. I'd be like, well, that's the direction that they're trending. So if they lose, you know, but then when you sit back and think about it, you're like, well, they should be able to beat Minnesota. Like, I mean, come and on. And especially I mean, given the fact that Minnesota was without two of their top three guys yeah, that yeah. beat the crap out of them in the first game yeah. in center, Liam Robbins. And um, the the not Marcus Carr. God, I can't remember the other guard's name. Um, well, the was it Gabe Kalsher? Yeah. Well, the transfer, the one you just mentioned, he's the one that destroyed Ohio State. He had like twenty eight points or something dumb. Twenty seven points and eleven or twelve rebounds yeah. for his first double double of the season. Yeah. And he does it against yeah. Ohio State. Yeah. 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 I mean, that was I was, but. Yeah, to be able to have that revenge tour and beat all three of them. And it was crazy because, like, the Minnesota game, Minnesota is Marcus Carr, at least at this point, with those guys being hurt, was was Carr or bust. And he got him as far as he could. Yeah. And I think Purdue, honestly, is that Travion Williams or bust. And that dude went off in that game we played there in the tournament. And he had, like, I mean, an absurd, he, what, 28 and, like, 15 rebounds and like five assists. And like, he was just, I mean, we couldn't stop the yeah. guy. And it was like in the second half, that's all they did. They give it to him and he just sit in the post and dribble, dribble, dribble and look to pass or make a play. And it was just like, we couldn't stop him. It was just like 26 points, know. 14 yeah. rebounds, five assists, a yeah. steal, two blocks <laughs> and only one turnover for a first team, all big 10 selection. Yeah. And you know what? Going back, I'm going to backtrack just a little bit on something you talking. We talking about Kyle Young. I felt bad for him because he was. I mean, like where was that? Like all season, like the he was making everything, and it was like, and then and it was like, and then he gets hurt, and I'm like, really? Like, dude, like he was trending in that direction where you're like, man, in my head, I don't know if you were thinking this, but I'm thinking, man could this be the guy we ride into the tournament? And like all of a sudden he's like our Kimball Walker <laughs> or our, you know, uh, Danny Manning or like, are we going to ride this guy through the tournament? And like, he's just going to go off all of a sudden, like his little farewell tour. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, and, it, and then he gets, it, here's what's his elbow. In the I face, know. And I'm like, really? I know, like, I know. And that puts him out for two games Two actually yeah, two, two and a half. Cause that happened early second half. Yeah. Early, Early second, second half. half, and it's funny because and I got to give a shout out to to one of my students at the Ohio Media School, uh, Alex Bryan, who lives in Massillon, and he and another student have a show called The Buckeye Bro Show uh, every Thursday night on the Score On Air Network from 8 to 9.30. Well. 
Yeah, plug. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving my boy shameless plug. Not that the one or two people that are going to actually watch this <laughs> podcast are actually going to tune in. I hope you do because they actually, uh, he and my, my Alex Bryan, King Buckeye, and my good. boy Hot Wheels, Travis Snapper, they do a great job on that show uh, every Thursday from 8 to 9.30 live on the Score On Air Network Facebook page. But <laughs> Alex is, is from Maslin. And I guess he he kind of kind of knows the young family a little bit at least maybe Kyle's sister or something I hope I'm not speaking out of turn uh, right now as far as that's concerned but he and I got into a discussion about Kyle Young the night before that Purdue game uh, because that that Purdue game was on Friday and mm-hmm. the class that I have at the Ohio Media School is from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And they do their show, like I said, on Thursday nights from 8 to 9.30. So after they get out of the show, they come back into class. We talk for a few minutes about it and whatever else. And he and I just got into an interesting little talk about Kyle Young and the fact that he, throughout not just the season, but his entire career, has really never taken many threes. Like he's never no. either he was never given the opportunity or the it's I don't know. For whatever reason, he just never really shot threes. And to be fair, for the most part, when we saw Kyle Young shoot from deep, he wasn't very good. He'd hit a couple here and there. A couple here and there. Not to say that he never made a three-pointer or a deep two-point jumper ever in his career, but he was just never known as a shooter. The night before that Purdue game, we're having this discussion, and my boy Alex is like, I don't understand why he hasn't shot the ball more from outside. And I'm like, really? And he's like, oh, yeah. You know, I remember watching him in high school, and he took – Maybe not a lot of threes, but he definitely took quite a few more than what I've seen him take throughout his entire Ohio State career up to this point. And then, I I mean, it was almost as if Kyle Young was listening to this private conversation. It wasn't like we were doing this on the air or whatever. But all of a sudden, boom, steps back, hits a three. All right, all right, cool. Boom, steps back, hits another three. Okay, Boom, another, boom, another. All of a sudden, we're like, <clears throat> where the hell did this come from? He's four of four from behind the arc right now. Like, are you kidding me? Where has this been? And I was starting to get jacked up because I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually ask him this question and present this conversation to him in the post-game press conference. And then he got hurt. Gets hit in the face. face, Wasn't available, obviously, for the post-game press conference. But, I mean, just what a kick in the junk at that point to Ohio State. And it's just like, yeah, why hadn't we seen that all all career long? Who knows? And he hit... He hit the one like right before the buzzer at the half in the corner. We're like, he makes this like get out of yeah. here. And then he and they were clean threes. They weren't like they were like all net like clean. Like it wasn't right. like they like wailed in bouncing around it. and clattering clean, off the rim. Yeah, yeah, clean. Like I've always viewed Kyle Young as up until most of this year, I viewed him as a defensive specialist who doesn't really score that much. He's just more of a defender. He'll bang. 
He'll get you rebounds, but he doesn't score. If he could do that, it's like, holy hell. Like, this team would be hard to beat. Oh, and, like, and let me tell you what. I mean, no offense, Kyle Young, but throughout your career, because of whatever reason, and I don't know, and I don't know if we would necessarily ever get the answer from Chris Holtman or Kyle Young or whatever in an official press conference. It would probably be more like of a off-the-side conversation kind of yeah. thing, you know, where you get to know Kyle Young or Chris Holtman or whatever, somebody that goes, yeah, the reason Kyle Young didn't take shots is because the coaching staff just didn't feel like he was much of an offensive threat. Or Kyle Young goes, yeah, I just really wanted to be more of a banger. Or I didn't see myself as a shooter. and Or they didn't design plays for me. I mean, whatever the case is, I whatever. don't know. I'm just simply conjecturing, spitting out ideas. But if he had showcased and they had kind of opened things up for him to be more of a shooter... He could potentially, I mean, I mean, really have a legitimate crack yeah. at the league. Because at yeah. this point, from what I've seen out of Kyle Young, once again, like you said, he's a banger. He's a tough, physical, hard-nosed kid. Yeah. I've appreciated every minute he's been here. But he has just not come off as an NBA player to me at this point of seeing him play at Ohio State. However... If we had seen more of what we saw in the first half against Purdue, I would say he's definitely teetering a lot more on being at least getting an invite to a camp right. or a, a you know a tryout or something. Because before Purdue's first half, I would say, Nah, Kyle, I think you just better you know yeah come back next year and and give us you know come back for a free year, dude. And play another well, year of basketball that, because that's as far as you're going to get. But if it, right, somebody, no, nah, I was just going to say. But I mean, if we, if if he does come back next year, which I I do think, if he wants to have an opportunity right. at the NBA, bring him back next year and open up the offense for him and give him chances to shoot the ball. Because if that kid wants to play at the next level, he's got to do that. He has to be able, at 6'7", yeah. you have to be able to shoot the, 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 the three in the NBA. Yeah. Well, there was people, some guy was came into the to our place of business the other day <laughs> and was talking about how he had heard that Kyle Young was going to take the free year. Like he was already like, it was pretty much a done deal. He was coming okay. back. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, well, I mean, that's great. Did he that say where awesome. he heard it from? I mean, he did not. Yeah. I mean, is he, he, is he, is he seeing like, you know, aunt yeah. Frida's great uncle, Fred's <laughs> roommates, brother's sister on Twitter and Instagram said that, you know what I'm saying? You know, that kind of that's bull great. crap. Like, Oh, I saw on Twitter where he's going to come back. Yeah, who said well, that? Somebody with five followers that lives in their mom's yeah. basement? I mean, come on. Or or it could be one of those things where in his he in his mind that guy wants Kyle Young to come back, so he's making up this, you know, or he's gonna yeah. because he just wants him to come back. Yeah. So but as far as he like his offensive I don't want to say output because he hasn't had much of an output except for that Purdue game. I don't know if like he just kind of like kind of relished and kind of the fact that he was kind of like the identity of the team. He could, cause he kind of is his toughness is like, 
he kind of is there, you know, and he just wanted to keep that role. So he didn't really, he left, he's like, I'll leave the scoring to Washington. And, and you know, maybe and, that's and it. EJ yeah. And, and I'm just going to be the tough guy that represents you guys. Follow me. I'm going to go into the, into war with you guys in the battle and I'll be the, the banger. And, you know, so, and you know, the thing that sucks is I think if he doesn't have the concussion the week prior, I think it was week prior, two weeks prior, I think that shot in the jaw, he might've come back out. Like, I think he might've, they might've taken him back for a minute and then he might've come back out. But I think that other concussion is what made them. Oh like, yeah. Keep oh him God, out. This is two yeah. and like, you know, in a two week, like we need to keep this guy off the court for, you know, however long, whatever. So like I said, if they can leave him, you know, don't use him against Oral Roberts. And, and then, cause they play the winner of Florida and Virginia tech. That might be a little bit more prevalent. Like they need him for that. So hey, you know what? If they're able to do what they did um, against Michigan and Illinois, I'd say keep him out for Oral Roberts, and maybe yeah. even keep him out against the winner of the Florida Virginia Tech game. I think they can get by either of those two teams without Kyle Young. Keep him out. You know, keep him. But yeah, I mean, two concussions. You know, one yeah. late in the Michigan game. I mean, that's what sucks is that the one that happened against Michigan was literally like with what? One second left to go? Yeah, one second. One second to go in the game. And he takes a shot. Boom. And he and yeah. he and he's he's out for Michigan State. Comes back for Iowa. Maybe, maybe not. Uh totally a hundred percent. I don't know. Um and well, then he takes another shot Michigan. against Purdue, you know, what, a couple weeks later. So, Well, the one against Michigan at the end of the game, I think there was a lot of people like the previous game that didn't even realize that shit happened. And they were like, where the hell's Kyle Young? They're like, he had a concussion against yeah, Michigan. Yeah, you're like, like, when did that dude, happen? Dude, you didn't see him. Like, where did dude, I mean, he and who was it, Mike Smith from Michigan? I mean, I they the cracked little... their heads together. Yeah, it faces they hit like face to face almost yeah. like, you know, so, but because it happened right at literally at the end of the game, it was like, I don't think people realized how significant it was. And then like the following game, they're like, where the hell's Kyle Young at? Like you got a concussion yeah. that happened in practice. Yeah. Like when did he, like, no, when did he get a concussion? Were you watching the so, game? Butthole. Yeah. Were you watching the game? <laughs> Apparently not. Yeah. I, you know? Yeah. I think there's definitely oral Roberts. I think you could let him sit. Um, Florida, Virginia Tech. I mean, I don't know much about those two teams. So, I mean, I know perennially they're, you know, they're okay. I mean, so, I mean, I don't, I don't know if maybe you could let him sit that one too. I don't, I mean, yeah. Well, I tell you what, before, before we get into the big dance, let's, let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, talk a little bit about those last two games that they played in the Big Ten tournament. You know, to go back a little bit, the fact that Ohio State, and as I said a few minutes ago, they were on a revenge tour. They had this opportunity to avenge losses against teams that they had not beaten at all in the season with Minnesota beating them by the largest margin of any team that they had lost to uh, to, against any team. Uh, Purdue, the only team to beat them both times in the same season. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, 
that team up north, the Smelly Rodents, who bested the Buckeyes in Columbus in their only matchup near the end of the regular season, 82, uh, 92-87. So they're playing Minnesota, they're up big, and then they start giving up that lead. And near the end of the game, it's tied up. Or at least I think Ohio State, no, Minnesota got it down to one point. What are your thoughts right there? <laughs> and I, I, I mean, I, I'm asking the obvious because as we've stated, you negative Nancy, obvious. negative Nancy. What are your thoughts legitimately, though, that here's Ohio State, once again, big second half lead. They give it up. Minnesota gets it down to one point within, like, the last minute yeah. of the game. Yet the Buckeyes were able to close yeah. it out. But what are you thinking at that point? They were. Dude, I, I, when Marcus Carr hit that, he comes down and hits that three, kind of deep three. They got it to one. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, because we couldn't figure it out. We're like, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe I was watching a different team most of the season, but I don't recall them being so – like collapsing like that, like when they had leads, like I don't remember that until this stretch of like where they kind of started falling off a cliff. It was like they couldn't thing out. And like we talked about earlier, they just became desperate. And it almost looked like they were like, even with a lead, it's like, why do they look like they're so nervous now? Like they look like they're like scared to death, like hot potato, like, like passing it around and CJ Walker just dribbling everywhere. And it's like, what the hell's going on? Like, just keep playing the game you were playing that got you the lead. So I was like, it's like, where'd this team come from? Like that, that just collapses in the second half. I mean, completely just collapses. And it's just like, wow. Like, I mean, and that's, I think I made a comment the other day to you guys about, that's why I'm not confident. Like even when they have a big lead, it's like, well, I can't get excited because they're probably just going to give it away. And that's what they do almost every game. Here recently, they just give it away. It's just like, except for the Illinois game yesterday, that was the only one they got down big. Yeah, and then fought back, and it was like, you know what I mean. So, it's just I don't know. What do you? Th I mean, what for a team to to be as good as they were all year, and then here late in the season, just to not be able to close games out with these leads, they just let teams get back into it. Like it's almost like a foregone conclusion. Like, well, we're up by fifteen, but who cares because. They're going to give it away, and it's going to be a tie game with less than a minute to go. Or it's going to be a one-point game <laughs> yeah. with less than a minute to go. It's just like... it's gonna... And so to set everybody up, Ohio State, with three minutes and 24 seconds left in the game, had a 14-point lead over Minnesota. Three minutes and 24 seconds. With three minutes and 24 seconds left and up by 14... You know, that's basically yeah. like being up two touchdowns with five or six minutes to go yeah, in a football if game. If that. If that. Right? Yeah. I mean, you're 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 up by 14 points with 324 in a basketball game. That's like being up two touchdowns with yeah. four or five minutes to go in a football game. And I mean, with football, obviously the clock you know, much like basketball, it continues to run, but basketball is so fast back and forth that, you know, baskets happen right. and comebacks are a little easier with that much time left. In football, it's a little little more difficult to, to, to do. But the fact that 
Ohio State is up by 14 points. They're up by two touchdowns over Minnesota with 324 to go in the game. You think it's in the bag. And to me, it is. It's almost like Ohio State puckers up a little bit. Yeah. They pucker up. And I'm looking at the uh, play-by-play sheet. And after they go up by, by 14 points, you know, uh, with 227 left. So that's that's almost a minute later. So legitimately, with 224 left in the ball game, Ohio State is still up by 14 points over Minnesota <laughs> with 224 to go. <laughs> well, with 324 to go. But then... EJ Liddell turns it over uh, at the 227 mark. CJ Walker commits a foul three seconds later. Still up by 14 points with 224 to go. And then they score. Then Kyle Young gets blocked uh, on a layup. Then Walker commits a foul. Then they score again. Um, and it's Marcus Carr. Making two free throws. Um, Suing goes to the line, and he actually hits both free throws. So with a minute 38 left, the Buckeyes still had a 12-point lead with one minute and 38 seconds to go, and you're up by 12 with a minute 38 to go. That That's absolutely like, okay, the game's not necessarily over, but a minute 38... 12, up by 12, you've got this one in the bag. Then Carr hits that three. Then um, Walker gets a, 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 a layup blocked. Then Carr hits a two-pointer. Then Kyle Young uh, draws a foul but only goes one or two from the line. And so at that point now, all of a sudden, it's a nine-point game, 74-65, to 65, with a minute to go. Still up by nine with a minute to go. Now, we know at that point fouls are going to happen, and the other team is going to force uh, the other team to win it at the line. And, of course, what happens? <clears throat> Mashburn comes down, hits a two. Then Walker, with 50 seconds to go, turns it over. And what happens? Minnesota scores a two-point bucket. Then they send Ohio State to the line with 43 seconds left. Suing hits one of two. Then uh, Gotch hits a two-pointer. Now all of a sudden it's down to four points with 36 seconds left to go. And then Dwayne Washington commits that weird push-off offensive foul that they called as he's trying to go (laughs) down the court and like just yeah. get past the half court line and they called him for a push turns it over and then what happens uh uh car hits that 3 that- with 13 yeah. seconds left to go now there was a couple of things that kind of happened in between then but is that when it got up to 1 when he hit that yeah. I mean, it was like a 3 it was a 1 yep. point game 13 seconds left to go car hits another 3 to bring it to a 1 point game from there the Buckeyes ended up closing it out by four. But the fact that Minnesota took Ohio State down to the wire and Ohio State was not really able to close it out in good fashion just 
goes to show me that, and we've heard Chris Holtman say this, that we've got to get better in teaching them and coaching them and blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. But it just keeps happening. And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, at what, what point, if you're continually trying to coach these guys in these situations on what they should and should not be doing, yet they keep doing it, is it, is it a coaching thing or is it just a player thing? Because you can only teach somebody for so long how to mm-hmm. do something, and if they can't pick it up, they can't learn. And I'm not saying that the Ohio State players can't learn, but if they're continuing to do the things that they do, and Chris Holtman is saying we've got to continue to, to, to coach them better and do that kind of stuff, where does it lie? Is it the coaching staff? Is it the players? Is it both? Is it one? Is it the other? I don't know what it is. I, I, I you know, can't get inside – the players' heads or the coaching staff's heads, but at some point you've got to sit back and go, "All right, yeah, there, there's an issue here, one way or another." And <clears throat> I almost kind of put it on the players, yeah, because if the coaching <clears throat> staff and I believe Chris Holtman and his coaching staff are showing and telling these guys and going over game tape and yeah. saying, "Hey, in this situation, <clears throat> do this," but then again, maybe the coaching staff. They aren't coming up with the right plays to help yeah. them get through that problem. Well, cause, I don't know. Because one thing we can both agree on is late in these games, they look panicked. Yes. Like they're just like, yeah. they're freaking out and they're panicked yeah. and they're like, you know, nervous Nellies and they're, they pass. You would think in that Minnesota game, you're up 14 points. I think you said with 240 to go just, just on time, time of possession and shot clock. You should be able to just run the clock down to where there's hardly any time left on the shot clock and just take whatever shot. And just out of default, there's no way the other team can get back into it. Right. Like there's just there's just no way. Right. So it's got to be, it's got to be the players, man. It's like because they just get so panicked and they just look completely different than they did however long, like prior, in, like to, like in the game. Like, why don't you just keep playing the way you were playing? Yeah. Just even keel. Just, you know, it's just, it's baffling. We, you just, and maybe that's what the coaches are. The coaches are banging their head against the wall because it's, it might be baffling to them too. Maybe. They might be like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, like, dude, we've gone over this several times Yeah. in the, 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 you know, game tape. Why are you continuing to do it? Yeah. I, I'll be honest with you. One thing, and, and I'm sure this isn't just an Ohio State thing. A lot of teams out there, I think with the advent of the three-point line, which has been around for many, 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 many years, right? But there is this tendency for guys to stand around and wait for one guy to dribble, penetrate into the lane. <laughs> and dish it out to somebody on the wing and they try and hit a three and sometimes there's a lot of standing around guys don't move as well without the ball as they used to because quite frankly plays aren't necessarily being drawn up in aspects of hey let's 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 get a guy open for a 10 foot jumper let's let's Mm -hmm. set a screen down low and get him to roll out 
you know, to the to the free throw line and hit a shot. It's more of, well, let's just kind of uh, give this guy the ball and then he can go dribble around and then everyone just stand around the three-point line and hopefully, <laughs> like, your defender will come in on you and then you kick yeah. it back out for an open three. I Look, I'm... I'm I, I don't know. I'm not a coach. Uh, I don't draw plays, X's and O's, but I've been watching the game uh, for long enough. And, and, and obviously, you know, I didn't play the game professionally or even in high school or college. I will admit that. I was always too short. Uh, nobody wanted to give me the benefit of the doubt, but I played enough, uh, you know, basketball in my time as well to know that you've got to move uh, to an open spot without the ball. And I don't mm-hmm. see that as often. Uh, as you know, I used to, you know, even playing the game when I was growing up and, and watching the game. Um, it, it just seems like that there's a lot more of that going on. So, well, I think part, I think you're, you're hitting on something to it because with the coaches like banging their head against the wall, maybe they're just kind of like, you know, because if you've noticed in these games, Holtman has caught a lot of timeouts late in these games. Like they start getting panicked and he's time and they're running out of timeouts. And you always see at the end, high state's got no timeouts left. It's because I think Holtman just is like, Jesus Christ, I got to call timeout, talk to these guys again, like guys, like, and then they go out and then they do it again. He's like timeout. And then they come over. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like, he's calling a lot of timeouts during these downfalls that they have. And maybe he's just like, God, come on guys. And then they go out. And everybody wants to stand around the three-point line while somebody dribbles, and it's usually C.J. Walker. And it's like, you know, it's and he dribbles around, and he'll go underneath the basket and go around and come back out. And it's just like, <laughs> guys, somebody go take the ball from him. Like, Jesus, like, make a play. Do something. Right, like, right. It's frustrating, man. It is. Well, nonetheless, they pull out the win. They got, they got the, the second-round victory over Minnesota. That previous game, Avenge. So phase one Minnesota. of the Revenge Tour uh, was complete. However, now we move on to game two. Fourth seed of Purdue. Only team to have beaten the Buckeyes twice in the same season. And once again, the Buckeyes just, they came out rolling. They were on fire. <laughs> they were up by 16 points at one point. In the second half, about 16 and a half minutes to go in the game. Buckeyes are up by 16. And after that, Jeremy, yeah, a little bit of back and forth. You know, Purdue would score a couple buckets. Then Ohio State would score, you know, a bucket back. And, you know, Purdue kind of started chipping down the lead a little bit here and there. But then with about nine minutes to go, Buckeyes are up by 10. And then all of a sudden... Purdue started chipping back, and they started chipping back, and they started chipping back, and they started chipping back. And then all of a sudden, a 10-point lead with nine minutes to go turns into a two-point lead with a minute 48 left in the game. And as we know, Purdue takes it into overtime. Mm -hmm. Overtime. Overtime. I mean, how how frustrated were you <laughs> when that happened? I mean, come on, well, you, Nancy. You, you, how frustrated you were my, you? You saw my text messages at that point. I did. I, you know, dude, I was like, I was like, how can they? Because we were up eighteen at halftime, eighteen points at halftime, and then 
in the second half, Purdue basically did what they did the first game, which they didn't do in the first half. They kind of got away from it, was feed Travion Williams, let him sit there and make his, you know, make something happen because he is what makes their team go. And it's like, I think he's a really good basketball player. He might play in the NBA. That's a whole different topic. But um, it, it was like, how can how can Purdue be down 18, chip away, get it to overtime, and then lose? Just, just my my sports knowledge, just it's like Purdue's got to win this game. How can you fight all the way back, get to overtime, but it actually was the opposite. We get to overtime and we beat their ass in overtime. Yeah, Seth Town, Seth Town's hitting twenty foot bank shots. Yeah, like where did where did that come from? Like Seth Towns of all people, it's like. So, the Harvard you know, hero. The Harvard hero. And they ended up winning. I mean, it was like. They ended up winning by nine, 87, by 78. Nine. They kicked their ass yeah. in overtime. Yeah. Literally kicked their ass in overtime. Well, like it's I like, said, okay. maybe that's what this team needs to do. They need to go into overtime all of these close games. Well, it's Look, it's got to be one of two things, man. Either it's somewhere in the middle with my doom and gloom. Like this team just can't seem to close. They can't seem to hold on to anything. Or. It's the other thing we talked about. The Big Ten's just really fucking good, man. They're just these teams, even at the bottom, are a pain in the ass to beat. The Minnesotas, the Nebraskas, the Penn State, because that Purdue game could have been what Penn State was a few years ago. If you remember, they beat us three times, three times in one season. Yep, two times in the regular season and knocked us out in the Big Ten tournament. Yep. Lamar Stevens, yeah. God, that guy will always be a pain in my side. And uh, but, didn't they? What was that guy? Wasn't he a car? Tony Carr? Wasn't that his name? I, it was a point guard. Yeah, Tony. Yeah, Carr. Tony Carr. Lamar Stevens had that big Mike. Uh, that big dude in the middle, Mike something. Um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember. His but name. anyway, yeah. but is it is it the doom and gloom that this team has a fault or a this thing that they can't close out? Or is it just the Big Ten is just really, really damn good, and it's like it's just hard to get these teams put away. They're always going to be tough games, and because when have you ever known a team that finished fifth was the fifth seed in their own conference tournament is a number two seed in the big tournament? Yeah, and, and nine losses. Yeah, nine losses, and they're a two seed. Yeah, that that's crazy. Yeah. And we'll get into that here in a minute. We'll talk a little bit more about the seeding and the tournament and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, I, I I think I think it speaks to both. I think it speaks to a couple of things at this point that this 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 conference is that good. It's a bitch. And let's hope, legitimately, let's hope because as we've talked about in football. Uh, podcasts as much as you hate to see other teams in the conference do well out of conference <clears throat> it, and I think this holds true for football especially and even for basketball you need teams in your conference to play well out of conference so that can give you more legitimacy and validity when winning conference games you yeah. know it's just like seriously like i've said year after year after year and maybe within time if if the rodents start beating ohio state at some point 
it gets to the point where it's like, all right, uh, okay, all right, enough is enough. We want to see, we want to see those bastards start losing every single game as much as possible. But let's face it, when you beat up on, I'm not calling them this, but it's the only thing I can think of off the top of my head. When you beating up your little brother year after year after year, you you feel sorry for your little brother. And when they get into a fight with someone else, you're like, all right, kick his ass. Kick his ass, man. Like, you're rooting yeah. for your little brother at that point. Like, you're like, yeah, come on, jack him up. But when the two of you get into a fight, obviously you don't want to lose. Yeah, That's kind of honestly where it's at right now with Ohio State and the Smelly Rodents as far as football is concerned. I want to see them as good as possible so then when we kick their ass, it just right. makes the win look that yeah. much better. And it's interesting. I, You and I took that stance years ago. Years mm-hmm. ago. Long time ago. Years ago. And just here within the last probably, I don't know, four or five years, have I now heard people starting to take that stance. And you and I were saying this stuff, seriously, years ago. ago. Years ago. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking 10, 15 years ago. You, like, for you real. Want ev- you want everybody in the Big Ten to look like absolute studs when they play out of conference and they play other people. And it's like, I always root for Big Ten when they're playing other conferences. Always. Always. I've done it since I was, I mean, probably back in high school is when I started. Yeah. Like, I want everybody to to look great. That way, when we kick their ass. Exactly. So, like in the bowl season, for example, I always root for Big Ten teams. Even the motherfuckers up north. I'll still root for them to a certain extent. It's like, you know, it's just I want the Big Ten to be the dominant league, whatever sport, football, basketball, baseball. Exactly. Because as far as I'm concerned, if Ohio State beats those teams throughout the season and then you know, get to the postseason – it's going to make Ohio State look better, folks. Yeah. It really is. This and 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 you know, my dad, God love him. The reason I am an Ohio State fan today, and I know I've said it before, I'm sure I'll say it again. The whole reason that I am a Buckeye fan is because of my old man. But my dad has that philosophy of that real old school rhetoric where it came down to the Big Ten and playing in a Rose Bowl, and that was it. Times have changed. They really have. Now, granted, basketball, little different scenario. um, But even then, he is still of that fact of like, I hate the rodents so much (laughs) that I don't ever want to see them win a game. And I'm like, well, Dad, you know, it's a little different nowadays. Like, they're judging you from your... You know, your non-conference schedule, your conference, how you the RPI and the this and the yeah. that and, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, quad you know. One, quad whatever. Exactly. Quad one, quad, quad two, quad, quad three, quad <laughs> uh, the, the Ken Palm index and the this and the that <laughs> index. Blah, which I, I can't stand that kind of crap. As far as I'm concerned, it should all be judged off an eye test. But there is still something to go into yeah. Not you know teams in your conference playing to a certain level to make you look better. So yeah. 
having well, let's not forget. Well, let's not forget, like, if you look at the, the like, when the seedings were coming out, I was, like, looking at the, I'm like, oh, that's right, we beat West Virginia. I was like, oh, God, like, like, I mean, like, some of these teams that are in, you're like, didn't we play that? Like, you forget, like. Well, we didn't play we West Virginia this year. Oh, no, not West Virginia. Uh, was it UCLA? UCLA. Earlier? UCLA. Yeah. You see the. UCLA like, and Kentucky? Or no, not Kentucky. Yeah. Um, we were supposed to play Kentucky. We were supposed yeah. to play Kentucky. We did not. Notre Dame, UCLA. which turned out to, Dame. to suck. They, they actually they sucked this year. Hey, Cleveland State. Cleveland State. Granted, the they're Vikings. a 15th seed in the tournament, but, <laughs> you know, Cleveland State, Notre Dame, UCLA. Yeah, those were some non-conference teams that we played um, where it's like, you know, getting those wins, it's it is. It's, they matter. They they do matter. Hundred percent. They matter now. Yep. So I mean, I, I, I'm with you. We've been ta- we've been we've been having this this discussion for a long time, mm-hmm. and it's like it's funny how now it's almost like that philosophy is almost what they use to determine who's in the playoffs. Like it's like it's like who have you played? Who did you beat? How bad did you beat them? Yep. How do you got? It's like yep. That's interesting. Well, and like, I think they took that margin of victory, or at least I think they might have the strength of schedule. But at one point, I believe, and I'm sure it's still in the minds of the committee members, how bad you beat somebody. Let's yeah. face it. That's it that, that that is that's a measuring stick for any yeah. any any game that you play is well, how bad did you beat them? Oh, yeah. you 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 uh played a uh two win football team they took you to overtime oh so you mean to tell me um you lost by uh three t- or what uh, 31 points to yeah. Iowa to Iowa yeah. oh you let Purdue beat you by 29 points a team that ended up going six and five yeah sorry that one loss is going to keep you from getting into the final four of the college football playoff Exactly. And don't think for one second that behind closed doors, those guys don't have this same kind of conversation we're having right now. Absolutely. Where they're like, yo, dude, that, that team got their fucking nuts kicked in by so-and-so. Yeah. It matters. They're human. They're human. Exactly. They're going to be like, hey, man, they barely beat yada yada. I don't, I don't think they're one of the, you know, yep. four best. Yeah. Or they're one of the whatever. Yeah. They shouldn't be in the basketball tournament. Yeah. They're not one of the, you know, yeah. whatever. Well, their first four out. Case in point, I just read an article today about Belmont. I don't know if you saw it or not. Belmont went like 26 and four this year. Not only did they get snubbed uh, from the dance, the NIT didn't even invite them either at 26 and four. 30 games. They played 30 games during a COVID season. They were able to play 30 games. 26 <laughs> and 4. And not only did the NCAA committee not invite them, but the NIT committee didn't either. And it's because well, if you just, look at their the schedule, their schedule is based on this whole quadrant stuff. They didn't uh, play any quad one teams. They played one quad two team, and that quad two team beat them to give them one of their four losses and they lost to Moorhead State in the conference tournament title game and I believe also, Moore, they, who got the automatic bid out of their conference yeah Moore, Moorhead State because they Moorhead won the conference State. tournament yeah and Moorhead State uh is let me see here let me pull up the bracket so 
So not only did they go 26 and four, they made it to their conference championship game and lost. Yep. Yep. To Moorhead State, who is. That's crazy. Uh, where is Moorhead State? They are the 14 seed in the Midwest bracket playing West Virginia, the three seed, uh, on uh, Friday. And, I mean, Moorhead State went 23-7. and So, Moorhead State had a good year, too. But here's Belmont with 26 wins. 26 wins. And did not, not only get into the NCAA tournament, but the NIT as well. And... Once again, though, it goes towards wins, losses, who'd you play, and now we're starting to base things on all of these mm-hmm. analytics and stuff mm-hmm. like that where a 26-win team, even though, yes, they play in, like, I don't know what conference they play in, the Ohio Valley or the Missouri Valley or some Valley conference um, where basically that conference is like, yeah, you're pretty much every year going to get one one bid, and that's whoever wins your conference tournament. And if you don't win the conference tournament, we don't care what kind of year you had, you're out. Case in point, Belmont, 26 wins Look, and got snubbed. I don't, care, I don't care what conference you play in. If you're in, if you're a, a Division One basketball program and you win 26 games, you're in the fucking tournament. Yeah. I don't care who it is. Yeah. 26 and four. That's absurd. Yeah. I mean, honestly, and I get it. Your boy, Tommy is, <laughs> he gets to this point in the season and Michigan state can be electric. They get in at 15 and 12 with an 11 seed playing 17 and nine UCLA as a fellow 11 seed. Um, and there are other teams but- in here. Yeah. I'm sure that got, um, at large bids from conferences that may not have deserved it, you know. But but here's the thing with Michigan State: you beat Michigan, you beat Illinois, yeah. you beat yeah. Ohio State. Right yeah. there, those three wins got them into the dance yeah. late in the season. Period. You just you just stole my thunder because I was gonna I was gonna say in defensive of my buddy <laughs> Tom Izzo because I hate that. Ah, you like him. In his they the, the three team the three wins you just named. You're talking about two one seeds and a two seed. You're in the tournament. Yeah. And we've seen what Tom Izzo can do when his team is seated fourth, fifth, eighth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he he gets into postseason and and absolutely turns it on. I wouldn't doubt if they beat UCLA, which we just talked about a second ago. You know what? I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. We're going to talk about the bracket here in a second. Let's let's finish up with the Big Ten tournament. So tournament. Ohio State knocks off Purdue by nine in overtime. Looks great in overtime. Now they've got the third game coming up against the Rodents. Number one seeded team in the Big Ten Conference Tournament. Everybody's projecting them, as we now know, definitively as a number one seed in the NCAA Tournament. And we know now that we will not have Kyle Young because he got injured with that concussion in the second half after having an unbelievable three-point performance in the first half against Purdue. But we know that we're not going to have Kyle Young. But then we also hear that they're going to be without Isaiah Livers. So it's kind of like, all right, okay, 
<laughs> as our boy Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber once said, so you're saying there's a chance, right? Yes, you're saying so, you know, it's one in a million, but you're still saying there's a chance, right? <laughs> and then, good reference. hey, man, the Buckeyes came out, dude. They got it done. But once again, not without some crazy late-game drama. So as this game is going on, Mr. Royer, what are you thinking? Well, here's the funny part about this, as you were saying this, because I know when we texted the other day, it's the one game out of this window of games where they lost four to end the regular season. Then they had the Minnesota game, then the Purdue game, and then this, you know, the game of games. Like, we're playing game on a Game of games, a, baby. A one seed. It's like the game. I had to work that day. <sighs> and, of course, it was busy as you could. I mean, it was insanity. Oh, God. And, and we had the we had a we have an iPad at work and we had it on, we had it connected to like this wireless speaker so we could hear what was going on, but it was like the one game I couldn't even really pay attention to, and it was like they played like great pretty much like consistently they played a, a pretty complete game they kind of started to give it away but again you're playing maybe the best team in the conference debatable Illinois or in a one seed and it's like. It's like they're going to come back on you. It's a game of runs, and you're playing somebody really good. They're going to come back and make it a game. But we were debating at work. It was like, who's a bigger loss to their team, Kyle Young or Isaiah Livers? I think it's pretty equal. They're both, like, seniors. They've both been there for a while. They're, like, kind of the heart of the, of the team. So it was kind of like, okay, we don't have Kyle Young. They don't have Livers. All right, tit for tat. We're both on an even playing field. Let's get it on. And we ended up winning by, you know, a point. But to be honest with you, the only play I really got to, like, turn and watch <laughs> was the last shot. And I'm like, Mike Smith dribbles around, and it's like – and when he let it go, I was like, oh, my God, that's going to go in. And when it hit the iron and it kind of bounced around, I was like, did we really just beat them? Did we finally get some redemption? The revenge tour. I'm like, did we really get revenge on that team? And it just, it didn't sink in for a minute. And then, like, I kept, we we're busy at work. And then it was like, it kind of settled down. I was like, you know what? We beat those motherfucker. We beat them. I was <laughs> like, we beat Michigan. I'm like, we're in the title. Like, but once again, not without some late game drama. drama. So, yep. first half, tit for tat, back and forth. Michigan takes a one-point lead, 27-26 in the locker room, which was a vast difference from the first game they played because I think the lead was like, what, 45 oh. to 43? It was a shoot. Yeah, or something like that, the first shoot. game. I mean, yeah. offensively, both teams were just going off. This was definitely a different game the second time around, definitely a lot more defensive. But nonetheless, still, close game at the half. And then Ohio State came out and just really started just chipping, 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 chipped, just just started playing great. And with four minutes and 19 seconds left in the game, Jeremy, in the game for the right to go to the Big Ten Conference Tournament title game, Ohio State has a 13-point lead with four minutes and... And 19 seconds left, and I'm sure once again, a lot of people in Buckeye Nation, maybe not a lot, I could be overstating it, but I'm sure there were a fair contingent of fans thinking, 
We got this. Hey, we money. <laughs> we money, son. <laughs> we can't lose. And then all of a sudden, here we go again. <laughs> and Michigan starts coming back. And they start coming back. And they start coming back. And I mean, Nancy, tell me what's going through your mind at that point. Because well, I'm with you. Think, I'm yeah. like, I'm like, I cannot believe this. This is insane yeah. that here we yeah. go, a third game in a row, large lead late in the second half, only to see, especially of all teams, the rodents yeah. battle back yeah. like this. This is ridiculous. I was almost glad I wasn't able, because I think that was the one game out of all this where I think if you probably go back and look at our text thread, I probably wasn't hardly... Because we were so busy at work, yeah. I was just like, have time to like... I was actually and- surprised I wasn't hearing from you. Now, I was yeah. doing some tweeting for Columbus <laughs> Wired, so I wasn't really involved with the text threads going on. But typically, you're the one that keeps everybody oh, yeah. engaged. And if it's not you keeping everybody engaged, we're all just kind of like silent. You know what I mean? <laughs> and you're not tweeting, and I'm thinking... What the hell's going on? Maybe yeah. are you trying not to jinx it right now? No. You're like, hey, I'm going to go do I some more things around the house. I, I wasn't sure what was going on. And then you were like, yeah, it's busy as crap right now, and I'm not yeah. able to, to 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 watch. So then I was like, oh, okay, now I know why. But still. I was able to hear it, and I was like, and I think if I remember correctly, was it, was it Dickinson that pretty much kind of brought them? What didn't he start – he made some weird, like, I don't know if it was like a breakaway. He had like this weird layup where he kind of juked somebody and laid it in and got fouled or something. And then like, I could like hear it going on. And then I look and I'm like, it's a one point game. And they got the ball with 25 seconds yep. or whatever it was. Like, are you shitting me right now? Yep. Yeah. And my heart was like, my heart was like, dude, they're going to, they're going to Evan Turner us. Like we did to them when Evan Turner Shoots it from half court and bang, and we beat. I'm like, somebody's gonna hit a shot. <laughs> he had this crazy sure. steal on EJ Liddell near the baseline, or like kind of like in between the baseline and the left wing at the top of like like the the, the left wing of the three point line. He had this weird steal on EJ Liddell. We're talking about a seven foot one center. <laughs> All the way past the three-point line, steals it from EJ Liddell, turns around, and takes it all the way to the basket and dunks it. And you're like, what in Uh the hell just happened? How does a seven-foot-one clumsy oaf steal the ball from a pretty athletic six-foot-eight EJ Liddell and then skate all the way to the bucket unfettered and dunk the basketball? This is ridiculous. Well, I have to ask you something that I brought up, man, a couple early on in the basketball season. I think it might have been the first time we played them. Remember when I called him T Rex? And you're like, well, I haven't seen him play yet. I'm going to have to watch him play. He runs with his hands like right, like he runs like his hands are like this. Like, I don't get it. I'm like, what the hell is he doing? But let me tell you what, that kid's really good. Oh, I mean, he's, I mean, but somebody, there's a guy I work with that's a big, you know, Michigan fan. And he was telling me that even though he's a freshman, he's like 20 years old or something. Yeah. Like he, yeah, yeah. He's like a little bit older. So his maturity level is a little different yes. than like you're young, like a Zed key, like it's a little different. So he's a special player and yeah. 
you know, going back to the game, he made that play and they just kind of got everything rolling. And then here it was a one point game and they got the ball to play for the last shot. I know. And, and the way Mike Smith had been playing like previous, like he set the record for assists in a game. Oh my God. Over, I think Derek Walton was the one that had it originally and he broke it. So I'm like, he's going to do something right here. And sure enough, he's dribbling everywhere and, he kind of like does a step back. And when he let it go, I'm like, that's probably going to go in. I just had this feeling and it hit the rim back ironed out. And I'm like, Oh my God, let me tell you what, did we just win? (laughs) I think EJ Liddell might've gotten away with a foul. Have you watched that final shot? I did watch. And the one, the the guy I was just talking about the Michigan field was like, dude, I think he fouled. I'm like, that was a little rough. And I'm like, (laughs) no, I know as we won. I tell you what, man, that was wow. Yeah, yeah. I I personally think EJ Liddell might have gotten away with one, but yeah. Yeah, you gotta let him play in that moment. You can't let the whistle. You can't let the whistle decide it, man. Yeah. You gotta. Well, but you gotta let him play. Man. I mean, hey, if you're shooting a three and you get knocked down, I mean, a foul is a foul, regardless of how much time's on the clock. But I see I what know. you're saying. But yeah, nonetheless. So the Buckeyes get the one-point win over Survive. the top-seeded. They're now in the Big Ten Conference Tournament Championship game and a rubber match, revenge match, if you will, of sorts, given the way that the final game of the regular season went in Columbus. Um, and, you know, Buckeyes, dude, <sighs> something they had not done since the 2013 season, which was the last time that they ever appeared in a Big Ten Conference Tournament title game. And now they all they got to do is beat the second-seeded number three team in the country in a rubber match, the Illinois Fighting Illini. And let's just say the beginning of the game did not give Buckeye fans, a lot to hope for. (laughs) They start the game one of 16 from the field. Their first eight points were all from the free throw line. And all of a sudden, the Buckeyes find themselves in a 27 to 10 hole. (laughs) Nancy, tell me. Tell me what you're thinking at this point. I mean, and and once again, we're we're, we're texting each other. I I already know what you're thinking, all right? Just once again, give some some of the the, the viewers, listeners, a perspective that may be first-time viewers, listeners to the show, which is probably not the case because nobody ever watches or listens to to us anyways. (laughs) But those of you You who might, for some reason, uh, find an interest in this show, which I hope you do, of course. Um, we have a text thread going on. We go back and forth through these games, you, me, and the other two constituents um, uh, of this podcast as of late, um, Mr. Ryan Ross Rohr and Mr. Kevin Michael Limes. The four of us have a text thread going on, and we typically converse a lot through this text thread, especially when it comes to Ohio State football and basketball games. And... I already know what's going through your mind, but just for entertainment's sake, for the the entertainment factor of this podcast, um, what's going through your mind? Ohio State is one of sixteen and down twenty 
seven to ten early on in this basketball game. (laughs) I can tell you what was going through my head. Keep it PG. How how fast can I hit the power button on my TV remote and turn it off? Because I was just like, dude, because we talked about this prior to this podcast. It's like, just call me Nancy, I guess, for short. Instead of calling me negative Nancy, just call me Nancy. N squared. It's just, look, man, if, if you get beat by somebody because they just beat you, you know, and they're just, you know, they outplayed you, they, you know, they out hustle you, they out, you know, whatever. But when you go one of 16 and your only points are from the free throw line, and mind you, when they went through that, you had the breakaway steal by Justice Suing where he like goes to do something. I don't know what the hell he was I doing. I know. And like, it was like he just like went with his right hand and just like flung it up in the air. I mean, he I had like, a, a really? breakaway dunk. Yeah. And, and he's left-handed, remember. Yeah, he's he's, he's going to the left side of the, of the of the hoop with his left hand has has a guy trailing him but not to the yeah. extent of no. blocking the shot yeah. or and I mean he no. was wide open for a dunker yeah. at the very least an easy lay in and all yeah. of a sudden he switches course in midair yeah. and yeah. tries to do some reverse layup reverse. stuff and it dunks off the rim yep I know. I, I was with you. I I think everybody in Buckeye Nation is like, yeah. what in the Dude. world just made you do yeah. that? Yeah. And so I was like, and then and then I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> what in the world made me keep this game on? And that I was like, oh my god. I'm like, because like I said, I mean, I got no problems losing to somebody because they just out, you know, they out hustle, out play you, whatever. But to just all of a sudden pucker up and just like, you know can't make a shot, can't do anything. It's just like, that's when I just get frustrated. And I'm just like, you know, you guys are better than that, man. You're just assuming you're better than that. Because honestly, just assuming's actually played really well. You know, he's had two, he had the dipsy do pass against Michigan that I think kind of led to that, that loss in that first Michigan game. And then he had that in the game the other day. And it's just, other than that, well, I take that back. He did have a turnover at the end of this, at the end of this game that we're talking about against Illinois, he had a turnover that was crucial, but it's like, it's like he has these little things that happens, but other than that, he's played extremely well. Like he's a really good basketball player. 22 points in this game, a season high for justice suing. Playing really well, man. It's just, he has those little blunders that you're just like, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) And, And then other than that, he's, I mean, he can get to the rim at almost he's he's pretty physical. He can yeah. like get to the rim and and bang and, and lay it up with his left he's left handed, but he can still use his sure. right like if he needs to. Sure. So I mean it's just he has those blunders like that. And so I, I, I immediately was like, I, I can't take any. I, I'm not gonna sit here and, and take this. I turned it off and I was just like, <laughs> I'm gonna go do a couple things. And then I think it was Ross and that text thread was like, Hey, uh, Hey Nancy might want to turn the game back on. And I'm like, I was to be fair. I wasn't when I say turn it off, I do turn it off, but I'll look at my phone just to see how they're. Of course doing. you do. Like you, you, you can't completely clear. stay away from the yeah, game. I'm not completely, no. you know, not paying attention. So I was kind of paying attention and it got to be, I think 61 to 60. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna watch the rest of this and see what happens. And we all know 
We'll, we'll talk about what happened, but we all know what happened. Well, so. sure, and let's talk about it. I mean, you know, it, it, uh, essentially, Ohio State's fourth game in a row. And they and how many days? Too? Fourth I mean, game in a row in, in four, <laughs> game, four days, you know, yeah, fourth, four days straight. Four, fourth straight game, four straight days. Ohio State gets in. Three previous dogfights, which should not have been dogfights, as we alluded towards in the second rendition of this podcast, where they had late-game double-digit leads and squandered them away, only to beat Minnesota by four, go into overtime with Purdue and ultimately win by (laughs) nine points, and then, luckily... An EJ Liddell non-called foul on Mike Smith's final <laughs> shot. Uh, yeah. Personally, win by one. Uh, right, and they win by one, and so now all of a sudden, we see Ohio State come out and go one of sixteen. And Chris <laughs> Holtman was asked uh, today in his show on the local sports radio station um, if fatigue was a factor and you know dead legs and he said no at least he was like no i don't want to blame it on that i don't want to put it on that right but come on man you got into you know four three straight games where where that kind of stuff happened you can't sit here and tell me that on your fourth straight game to start off after getting into absolute donnie brooks three straight yeah. games before that fatigue at some point wasn't a factor. Yeah, because I mean, excluding if you exclude the the Minnesota game, Purdue that was their first game of the tournament, so they had they were know, fresh. fresh yeah, they were fresh. Michigan had only played the pre the prior game, so they were fresh. We go into that Illinois game four straight days. I, he's going to say no just because he's going to be. You know, politically, you know, he's going to be like, no, nah, we wish, you know, we should have been ready and yada, 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 whatever. But trust me, fatigue was a fact. I believe I mean, so. It had, had, had to be. be. I mean, yeah. Especially as, as physical a play as Ohio State likes to play, they're a physical team. So yes, they are. It's got to yeah. wear you down somewhat being, you know, especially in this conference, you just played Minnesota's like, yeah, but then you played Purdue, Michigan, and then Illinois. There's going to be some fatigue. You just got done playing the one, two, and four seeded teams. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Three of the top four seeded teams in the tournament. Yeah. That's going to take something out of you. It's it's going to. Absolutely. I mean, I I know he's got to say, no, it doesn't, but it does. Absolutely. It does. But the fact that, you know, Jeremy, they showed – the resolve, and and Chris Holtman used that exact word, the resolve, the effort, you know, the fact that they did, after going 1 of 16, they did to Illinois what all the other teams, the previous three games, had done to them. They, they, yeah. they turned yeah. the tables on Illinois after Illinois has a 17-point lead and ends up battling back. And I personally think that the resolve and the effort that they showed in that basketball game made me made me honestly feel a lot better to lose to Illinois 
considering that they took the Illini into overtime. And even then, even in overtime, now granted the three-point score, you know, there are some games where it's like, well, the score doesn't indicate, you know, like the actual game itself. But in a way, this does because, okay, C.J. Walker came down, hit a wide-open three at the last second to instead of being a six-point loss, makes it a three-point loss. But still, the fact that they battled back down by 17, they made a game of it, took it into overtime, um, and against a guy, couple of guys – um, hell, Jeremy, six guys on Illinois scored in double digits. Six. Dude, I think A.O. I and, think and, and I was I just getting ready to say, your boy, you, you've, you, A.O. Desunmu, you, you're high on him right now. I'm huge on him. I think he's the best player in college basketball. And I think Coburn's not far behind because Coburn is just an absolute somebody in the NBA is going to get a hold of him. And I think he's going to be an all-star in the NBA, both of them actually. But Coburn is just somebody teach him a little jumper, just a little, just something. And he's going to be an absolute. Hey, hey, you know, Patrick Ewing developed a jumper being as tall as he was, you know, I mean, you know, uh, Shaq didn't really develop a jumper. I don't think Olajuwon developed a jumper. You know, there are some seven-foot guys who can't develop a jumper, and Kofi's seven-one. But, you know, if he can at least hit maybe an eight, a little six- to eight-footer, you know, outside of the the paint a little bit, he he could be dangerous. He's a big boy, man. He's just, I mean. (laughs) He's a mountain. He's a mountain, but to, to kind of dive into what you're talking about, the resolve, it does make me feel better because in all honesty, to go one of 16, get down 27 to 10, fight back, go to overtime, and honestly should have won the game. We should have won the game. If you, if you will break down the plays, but they should have won the game. They got that one point lead and then all hell breaks loose. In, in a way, and it's just like, oh, Jesus. They fought all the way back for it to end like this. Like, turnovers? Like, really? Like, that's how it's going to end? So it was like, the resolve was great, but the end result was just like, you fought so hard, and then for it to a turnover, and then another turnover. And it's just like, oh, my God. You just gave the game away after fighting your ass off to get back in it, and you gave it away. Yeah, It was just like, Oh, it's like, here we go again. But I'm with you. I feel better because you're battle tested playing against these teams like that. It's like, so to play an Oral Roberts or a Florida, Virginia Tech, it's going to be kind of like, oh God, thank God we're not playing Illinois or Michigan or Iowa or, you know, it's like, they're going to be battle tested and it's a good thing. It's a real good thing. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 After seeing what happened, the final four games of the regular season, and then to see the way that they responded in four yep. straight games, uh, it was was it does it absolutely makes me feel a whole lot better about yep. what this team could cross our fingers, knock on wood, potentially be able to do. Uh, in the big dance, but um, 
Well, why? I mean, and I think other people think that around the country and even pundits, because why then would you have a team that was the fifth seed in their tournament get a two seed in the over and the big dance? And it's like somebody thinks something about this team. Right. Like it it effect on, you know, because those four losses. And it's funny because we talked about the the gauntlet that was the Big Ten schedule for Ohio State, especially the, to wrap up the season. And it's like, you talk about it, but then when they lose them all, you're like, damn it. It's like, but we knew it was going to be a gauntlet. And so, and to win, to beat Minnesota, to beat Purdue, to beat Michigan, and then to fight back and should have beat Illinois, it is very kind of like reassuring that maybe that four-game losing streak was kind of like, yeah, maybe we can chalk it up to, it was just a gauntlet, tough conference, and so maybe it'll help out now in the big tournament to go through that four-game losing stretch only to turn around and and ramp it back up and win and get to the Big Ten championship game and could have won, should have won. It might help come Friday when they tip off to start the big dance. Yeah, you just mentioned Ohio State. They were up by a point. Theoretically, coulda, coulda, woulda, shoulda. They're in overtime. Coulda, you know, two minutes and fifty seconds left. They're up by a point, eighty-one to eighty. Um, Illinois turns it over. Then EJ Liddell misses on a three, and uh, you know during the the, the broadcast, um, I think it was Raftery who was saying that was an ill-advised three. From EJ Liddell, and it was. It was. Um, Illinois, however, you know, Dasun Moot misses a jumper. Kofi gets the rebound, gets fouled by Liddell, makes both free throws. Not a very good free throw shooter, old old no. Kofi, but he hit nope, both of them really. at that point to give him the lead. Then Liddell turns the ball over. Curbelo hits a jumper. Then Suing's pass to Walker. When he's like, he's on the left side of the blocks trying to throw it out to the right wing. Right. And the ball just goes out of bounds. It's a bad pass. Walker can't get to it in time. Yeah. Um, and then. I think Walker's, Walker's momentum was kind of going one way and the pass kind of went behind him and he tried to like, kind of tried to reach back. Go and back grab for it. it and it just, yeah, he was, yeah. he was yeah. too far out of step. And then. Uh, they sent Curbelo to the line. He hits both free throws. Dwayne misses a three. Kofi goes to the line, hits one and two. But then, you know, here we are, 26 seconds left, down by six. Towns hits a three. We're like, oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah. For his only bucket of the game. His only yeah, bucket three. of the game, and he hits a three to, to keep Ohio State in it with 26 seconds left. Well, that's what he did in overtime against Purdue. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden. Pops up and starts hitting these twenty foot bank shots and hitting something else, and you're like, "Where the hell is this all going?" Right, or all season, to be honest right. with you. But right, yeah. yeah. And but then, of course, you know they they had to foul. They send your boy Io to the line. He hits both free throws. Um, Liddell misses another three. Um, however, Towns gets a rebound, sent to the line, hits one of two. Mm-hmm. They're now down by four. Mm-hmm. They send um, DeMonte Williams to the line. He hits both free throws. They're down by six. Three seconds left. Walker comes down, nails that wide open, you know, uncontested three, which makes it a 91-88 to loss. But still nonetheless, 
what you just said gives me some confidence to see the way that they battled back. Maybe the last mm-hmm. four games of the regular season, just chalk it up to being, hey, you're in the Big Ten. The gauntlet. And it's a gauntlet. I mean, you had mm-hmm. Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa, and Illinois. Now, granted, three of those four teams at home, but as we kind of alluded towards earlier in the podcast, even Chris Holtman himself have said, hey, home home court advantage, very marginal, very nominal right. right now with no fans and stuff like that. If there were fans, who knows? The Michigan game could have gone another way. The Illinois game could have gone another way. The Michigan State game, God forbid, could have been much worse. I don't think there's much that the home court advantage and the fans in the stands could have done for the Iowa game because Iowa was just on another level that night. They were that on day. Well, <laughs> but I, I think I even texted something to the effect going into the Iowa game that they were because they, they got embarrassed the, a few days prior by Michigan. Michigan blew them off the yeah. court like, Stomp right them. before that. I'm like, they're going to come in pissed off. And not only that, Iowa and Illinois were wanting to pay us back because we went to their place and beat both of them. So it was like, they're going to want to come. And not only was Iowa pissed from losing to Michigan, they're pissed because we went to their place and beat them. Coming back on the way we did against them, yeah. yeah. And Illinois went to their place and beat Illinois, so they wanted to pay us back. So, I mean, it could be just, it's like, it is what it is. The Big Ten's tough. Yeah. Just, it is what it is. I mean. Yeah. And I I, I think ultimately it was that. But as weird as it sounds, and, and I don't think this necessarily is going to sound weird to you and to, to, to anybody else out there, that might have been somewhat of a blessing in disguise to lose those four games, then see the way that they battled back in those four straight games in the Big Ten Conference mm-hmm. Tournament and the fact that they were all close, the fact that yeah. they had large leads, couldn't, 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 couldn't hang on to that double-digit lead, damn it, in the first three games, but at least held on to win. And the fact then that they were getting curb-stomped to start uh, against Illinois and the fact that they battled back against them, took it into overtime, and yet yeah, ultimately lost by three points makes me feel definitely a lot better heading into March Madness that the Buckeyes could have a, a, a legitimate shot of at least getting, I would say, out to the Elite Eight. Now, you just said mm-hmm. earlier, you kind of feel like it's Elite Eight or bust when it comes kinda, sorta. to this to this Ohio State basketball team. Talk a little bit more about that. I just, if you want to put, like, college basketball is probably, I mean, would you agree that college basketball might be the toughest one to win a national championship? Oh, without a doubt. You're you're battling 60, 67 other yeah. teams. Ain't right. like college so football you, where you get four in the right. final, and so that's you, it, you know? So you kind of have to set your sights on, okay, well, the chances of winning a national title are really tough. So what can we hang our hat on and say this was a successful season? I think, I like, think any time you at least can continually – Get to like, 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 let's say, I mean, okay, let's, let's use this as a reference. Thad Mata in his what 13 years at Ohio State got to a championship game 2007, two final fours, 07 and um, uh, uh, 12, 12, 12, 12, 
<clears throat> got to the Elite Eight that next year in 2013. Then the wheels kind of came off a, a little bit. Although I believe, I'm trying to think. 14, 15, 16, 17. Yeah, no, I think that was it. I don't think he got to – in fact, I'm not even – No, the wheels fell off after yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> the wheels pretty much fell off after that. But would you not say that and, – and he made the Sweet 16 in what? 2010, 2011, mm-hmm. 2012, and 13. So Thad Mata – and, and, and throw in the uh, the 07 season there, obviously, and get into the national title game. So 07, 11, or 07, 10, 11, 12, 13, in, in 13 years at Ohio State, and without totally going back and knowing all of the stats off the top of my head, he at least made five Sweet 16s, made two Final Fours, and... A national title game. Title game. So, would you? We set a standard. And man. and and Thad Mata, you know, I still consider him to be one of the better coaches in Ohio State history. In fact, mm-hmm. he's got Jeremy more Big Ten conference tournament wins than any other coach, including yeah. your boy Tommy Is. Tommy is a- Tommy Tiz. So well, I think what you're saying is he's kind of set a little bit of a standard that that you know you have to. So you have to set a goal. Like, what's our, you know, he set a standard, right? I mean, <laughs> right, right, and 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 you know, so what is the standard then? Is you know, let's let's say okay. Holtman's in his fourth year, right? Of course, nobody had the opportunity to go to anything last year. Last year. Um, yep. And he, what, made it to, well, he didn't, he hasn't gotten to a Sweet 16 yet, right? How far did he get at Butler? How far did Holtman get at Butler? Or, yeah, was it Butler? It was Butler. How far did he? I don't know how far he got them. I thought at one point they got to the Elite Eight when he had Gordon Hay. Was he there with Hayward and them? Butler? When they went to the Nat. Holy far- crap, dude. That is an is excellent that- question. I thought he took them to the national title. Did he take them there those two years in a row? I no. Was that-, that wasn't Chris was Holtman, Holtman, was it? I don't know. Well, all right. We need a we need, we need like the ESPN. We need like an ESPN stat guy. <laughs> I know, right? I'm I'm looking it up right now. But at any rate, where's our budget at? <laughs> um, here, let me dig in my pockets. I got actually, I've got the uh, the Coca Cola bottle with some loose change back behind me. What's our, what's our I'll, I'll go try and find out our budget here. You need to. That's interesting. You need to look that up because I can't remember if he was there with Hayden and them. I can't remember. Um, yeah, I'm going to look it up right now. But having said that, um, while I look up these stats, what is <laughs> the standard for Ohio State basketball and being successful? Your standard, as far as you're concerned. My, well, it, 
well, in the in the first few years, and like even in those those bad Mata years where you had D'Angelo Russell and you know, you know, and some of those teams, and it was like you kind of knew that it was like, well, if they win a game in the tournament, lose in the second round, okay, I'm good with that, just based on how the season had played out. But when you have a team like this, who got as high as what were they? third or fourth in the country and they've teetered around since they've gotten that high, they've teetered in the top like eight or nine for several weeks now. It's like, okay, well, if that's where you think you are, then you need to be elite eight. If you're a two seed, you need to be near the elite eight for it to be considered. Okay. Then we're, that's legitimate. Like you need to win three games in the tournament. You got to win in the first round, second round to get to the sweet 16 you need to win that game to get to the elite. And I think then it's like it legitimizes kind of your regular season. It's like, at least that's how I look at it. It's like, based on where you're ranked, you need to be like, okay, well, we need to shoot for that and try to get to the elite. So to answer your question, um, no, Chris Holtman was okay. definitely not the coach uh, of <laughs> Butler. In fact, I remember who was, duh. Guy by the name of Brad Stevens. Oh, Brad Stevens. Duh. I know, right? Who got went to Boston? Yeah, that. yeah, yeah right. Um, what was so was was Holtman already here? <laughs> well, no. Um, Holtman was for the uh, actually well the 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 2010 season. Um, I'm not sure exactly who he was head coach or where he was coaching at, but. Um, Got to reference your your stats and where you're getting them from. Right now, I am on Wikipedia, Holtman's <laughs> Wikipedia page, so take it with a grain of salt. But I believe this is correct. His first year as being a head coach was the 2010-11 season at Gardner-Webb. <laughs> and he was there for three years. So he was there from the 2010-11, 11-12, and 12-13 seasons. Um, his final year in 2012-13, he took them to a 21-13 and record um, and went to the College Invitational Tournament, which is like the – you want to talk about not making the NIT – yeah, that was the even the the third tournament you could go to. <laughs> if you're in the, the college invitational tournament, I mean, they have like teams yeah. that are like have crazy losing records. Like you went six and eighty five yeah. for the year, and you made yeah. the college invitational tournament. Um, yeah, they scrapped. They yeah. Uh, <laughs> after that, he went to Butler in 2014. Was there for three years, and he did make the big dance each and every year that he was at okay. Butler. Um, however, the first two seasons, uh, he did not get past the second round, although they did win their first games each year. Um, and in uh, his last year at Butler, 2016-17, which was Mata's last year at Ohio State, he went 25-9 and um, and made it to the Sweet 16 with Butler. Not sure what seed they were or whatever, yeah. um, but then... So now, so far, at Ohio State, fourth year, of course, once again, the, no tournament last year, but the first two years he's been at Ohio State, of course, 
the 2017-18 season um, when they got absolutely blasted in the anus by uh, (laughs) Gonzaga. Remember that game early in the season? And they got that second-round rematch and took them to, I believe, within six points. Um, They finished 25-9 and and went 15-3 and in the Big Ten. Then the following year, two years ago, um, that was when they actually finished with a losing record in the Big Ten, dude. 2018-19 finished 20 and 15 overall, which means they made it. Um, they were like 19 and 14 going into the tournament and went eight and 12 in the conference. Yet still got an 11 seed. And if you remember, we knocked off six seeded Iowa State in that game, mm-hmm. and then took on I believe it was Houston, who was the three seed. And I think we ended up losing by like 10 or 11 points or something like that. Um, then, of course, last year they were 21 and 10, 11 and 9 going into um, the uh, what would have been the Big Ten Conference Tournament. And then, of course, it got canceled. Um, so, I mean, this year so far, you know, dude, the fact that they're they're 21 and 9 overall, they're a number two seed. They went 12 and 8 in the conference. Um I'm feel I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good about the second seed of Buckeyes. I really am. But what you just said almost solidifies what we've been talking about with a five seed in the conference tournament is an overall two seed. Think about this: they went twenty one and ten last year. We're twenty one and nine. They went eleven and nine in the conference. We went twelve and eight in the conference this year. They're almost identical. Almost identical. Yeah, they're a two seed. Yeah, but they're a two seed yeah. this year. Yeah. Enough said. Yeah. That's all you need. That's all you need to know about the Big Ten. Conference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so, dude, have you had a chance to to really look at the bracket, or at least the South region where Ohio State is is coming out of right uh, now? Yeah, a little bit. I, I mean, I know they play, you know, Oral Roberts, and then they get the winner of Florida and Virginia Tech. Um, I know the other biggie in that Baylor is the one seed, and they're. And their bracket, they would meet up with them in the Elite Eight. What I do not, I don't have in front of me, who would they play in the Sweet 16 before they get to Baylor? Because I, who would they play then? So, yeah, um, the, the you know, bottom, bottom half of the South region, um, you've got second-seeded Ohio State against 15th-seeded Oral Roberts, Seventh seeded Florida against tenth seeded Virginia Tech, and as long as right. Ohio State beats fifteenth seeded Oral Roberts, uh, <laughs> would play the winner of Florida Virginia Tech. The upper half of that lower bracket, uh, you've got sixth seeded Texas Tech at seventeen and ten overall, taking on eleventh really? seeded Utah State who is 20 20 and and 8 overall, yep. And then third-seeded Arkansas at 22 and 6, taking on a 14th-seeded 14 and 1 Colgate team. Now, you know what I, I remember Colgate a couple of years ago. I say a couple of years ago. It's probably been like 
15 years ago because we were talking earlier about how much time flies uh, on certain oh, aspects. Goodness. My God. Uh, but I remember, like, back a few years ago, man, Colgate, like, came out and I think went to, like, the Sweet 16 or maybe they were, like, a 14th-seeded team and they won, like, their first game. Double yeah, games. you know, mm-hmm. something like that. Now, granted, I mean, that was, I'm sure, probably, like, 25 years ago at this point, but it feels like just yesterday. Um but I mean, here's a Colgate team who's 14 and one. I'll be honest with you, haven't done really any homework on a lot of these teams, Jeremy. I'll be honest with you. When it comes to this year's basketball season, I'm a little behind, so I probably don't I have too. a great perspective on you know who's good and who's not. But just knowing what I've seen this year, there are, and you mentioned it just a few minutes ago, there are pundits who have Ohio State, some, some, some have them coming out as the Final Four team and the South Regional Mm -hmm. winner. Which is nuts because you think about this and just our bracket. And and, and, and I'd like to point out, interestingly, the only bracket that has three Big Ten teams in it. That's what I was getting right. Yeah, today. you just you still they've got Purdue and Wisconsin in their bracket, and if you traditionally speaking, usually Baylor's like I mean I think I don't know I, I'm not sold on Baylor. Your, I'm sorry, I'm just yeah, not, I'm not sold either. on Baylor. But like, but like traditionally speaking, when you talk about the Tom Izzo's of the world, what they do when they get to the tournament, you've got Baylor, but you've got North Carolina sitting in our. Oh bracket. God, you only got some coach by the name of Roy Williams, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean. You know, North Carolina, Wisconsin, Villanova. Jay Wright. I They've mean, only Jay won a few Wright. national, yeah. a couple national championships yeah. in the last few years. Sure. Exactly. I mean. Hey, how about Texas I mean, Tech that just two Texas years Tech, ago played for the national championship? Ago. Played for yeah. it. And they're a six seed. And granted, I realize they're 17 and 10, but. I mean, yeah, you know, people are like, oh, I like Ohio State's bracket. I like Ohio State's bracket. And I'm like sitting here thinking, well, hold on a second. (laughs) We've got three Big Ten teams in this bracket alone, okay? Mm -hmm. And everybody's saying about how the Big Ten is the best conference out there. So, all right, let's take a look at this. Um, North Carolina, Roy Williams head coach. Wisconsin, great guard who took Wisconsin to the national championship game back a few years ago. Villanova, coached by Jay Wright, who's won two national championships within the last five years. Um, You've Mm -hmm. got a Purdue team that we obviously know all too well about. You've got a Texas Tech team who just played for the national championship two years ago. And then you've got, you know, the other intangibles, like, you know, a Vatek of Florida and Arkansas. And then who knows about a team like Winthrop, Winthrop, who, uh, aside from Colgate and Gonzaga, have only one goddamn loss in the country. Winthrop's 23-1. and 23-1, and one, and they're a 12 seed playing in that stereotypical 12-5 game. Right. So, <laughs> well, I mean, you're naming those. Think about, I mean, I'm looking at, like, first-round matchups, right? Give me a better one, and that same will stay in the South. And that 
North Carolina plays Wisconsin in the to first round. To start the tournament, North Carolina and Wisconsin. <laughs> I mean, dude, yeah, what what other game can you look at being a first-round game where you have two, like, stereotypical powerhouse, powerhouse college yep. basketball teams than North Carolina and Wisconsin? I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Um, if, if I told you North Carolina and Wisconsin were playing in the NCAA tournament, you would say, is it the yeah. Elite Eight? Oh, you go, it, you go at least four? Elite Eight, if not Final Four. Yeah. yeah. First yeah. round? No. So, I mean, hell yeah. I mean, that's like, I mean, and think about this. If they both, uh, it, the winner of that's going to get Baylor probably. And then in the second round, you could have Purdue and Villanova. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah. this is good Baylor, matches, man. Wisconsin, or North Carolina, yeah. either or. Yeah. And then Villanova, yeah. Purdue. Or yeah. let's just get weird and say that Winthrop, a 23-1 and <laughs> basketball team, knocks off Villanova to take on Purdue in the second round. I mean, I'm telling you what. Hey, people want to talk about how the South region sets up well for Ohio State. I'll be honest with you. I think the South region could be the toughest – of them all. And typically, they're going to give the the, the, the toughest um, region to the lowest number one seed, which was, was that Michigan? I think it was Michigan. Was because they were the fourth one selected. I think it was Michigan. But I mean look at look at look at the, the, the East region right now. Yeah, let me look at there. Let me look at there. I mean, okay, you've got LSU St. Bonnie in the 8-9 game. You've got Colorado right. taking on a 13-12 and 12 Big East Georgetown uh, Conference Tournament champion in the 5-12 game. You got Florida State and UNC Greensboro. Now, here could be an interesting matchup, but actually let's, let's save this for last. Texas Abilene Christian in the 3-14 game. UConn-Maryland. We just talked about UConn-Maryland could be interesting. Alabama-Ione in the 2-15. The one game, maybe the, actually one of the two interesting games. Well, three because you've always got that 12-5 matchup. But this game could get weird. Either way, it, it whoever wins from the first four play-in game between Michigan State and UCLA as 11 seeds they would then take on six C to BYU. That right. could be and an I'll interesting go, matchup. I'll go, I'll go back to what I said about the Wisconsin-North Carolina game. If you were to say those two were playing each other, you'd go Elite Eight. If I told you Michigan State and UCLA were playing traditionally, you would be like, where's that at? That there you the, go. You know, Elite oh, Eight my or, God. I mean, are you kidding me? Out of all of yeah. these first-round games that you just say the names, just say the names, not seeds, records. Just say the names. Yep. North Carolina, yep. Wisconsin, and Michigan State, UCLA. Yep. Two just absolute traditional basketball powerhouses playing each other in the first <laughs> round. In the first, even down at the bottom of that bracket, UConn and Maryland is another yeah. one where traditionally they're. I mean, they're pretty yeah. decent. So. Yeah. But you know what's funny? Going back to the the Winthrop. Every time I hear that, I know it's not pronounced. But every time I Winthrop. hear it, I think of Winthorpe. Winthorpe, oh, Winthorpe. from Trading Places. <laughs> Winthorpe. Winthorpe. <laughs> Winthorpe. 
from trading oh places. <laughs> now you're totally <laughs> dating us, dude. Oh, Winthorpe. Oh, <laughs> uh, so all right. Let's 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 at least take a look here. Um, and and I started going through the bracket today. Um, and I started picking winners. And then I got to that Michigan State UCLA game, and I was like, <laughs> "Whoa, wait! Like, I, I I can't pick the winner of Michigan State UCLA against BYU because we don't even know who BYU is going to play at that point. And if nope. UCLA were to knock off Michigan State, because I truly believe, truly, just because he's he's the jizz <laughs> that." He's going to take Michigan State at least to the Sweet 16 as an 11 seed. However, if he doesn't and uh, UCLA knocks off Michigan State in the first round, I think I'm going to take BYU over UCLA. But I could see See, Michigan State coming out of there. And I mean... You know, that 10-7 UConn-Maryland game, I don't know much about UConn. I haven't heard a lot about them. But I I, I mean, Maryland, yeah, they're 16 and 13, but they played the Big Ten. And who the hell has UConn played in the Big East this year? Drake, Creighton, you know, uh, Southwest East Missouri Valley State. I mean, I don't even know who the hell's in the Big East anymore. But I would take a Big Ten Maryland team over UConn any day of the week. Any day of the week, maybe even over over Alabama. That. So, see, I'm looking at that the Michigan State UCLA game, and then like you were just talking about how like, and I'm with you. Other than the Big Ten, which has been really good and exciting this year, other conferences, I'm just kind of like, I don't. I mean, like, how good is BYU? I have no idea. Like, I'm like, <laughs> is I mean, so if I had to just pick, if somebody gave me Michigan State. Or UCLA against BYU. I'm probably going to take either of those Michigan teams. State or UCLA. I'm going to be. I'm taking either one of them over BYU, just based on just say the name. Going back to what you said, just say the name. Yep. I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick them. Yep. I mean, so I will say that that I mean, in BYU's um, game against Gonzaga, because BYU. And I hate all this crap where it's like, well, we're going to stay independent in football, but we're going to be in this conference in basketball. <laughs> BYU's in the West Coast Conference right now in basketball, and they played Gonzaga in the West Coast Conference tournament and gave them a hell of a game in the first half. In fact, I think BYU was up by like 12 points over Gonzaga, and then Gonzaga completely shut them down in the second half and obviously went on to win. Um, but at least BYU, I mean, they're 20-6. and six. They showed a good fight against Gonzaga in that West Coast Conference basketball game. Um, I could see them giving a game to either Michigan State or UCLA. Yeah. Well, do you have your bracket up? Do you have your – you got it in yep. front of you? Look at – I was just kind of like, look at the Midwest bracket. And I, and, and I know I'm behind Illinois. I think they're super elite. Look how easy their bracket is. Look at Illinois' bracket. Just look at who they would potentially play, and you're like, who in the None of those names them? stand out to me, except for maybe Houston, no gonna, the two seed. No one's – they're going to – I mean, they played Drexel. Then they play the winner of Loyola, Chicago, and Georgia Tech. 
And it's like, really? Like, if they don't get to at least the elite. And Georgia Tech won the ACC, at least the conference tournament. (laughs) I mean, that bracket that Illinois in is just. It looks like garbage. (laughs) It does. But again, if you go back to the whole say their name, like Syracuse, just say their name. Like Syracuse is usually, you know, I mean, is Tennessee really any good this year? I mean, I don't know. I have no idea. Oklahoma State plays Liberty. (laughs) (laughs) Liberty, 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 Liberty. I wonder how many times they'll play that commercial. Oh, God. Yeah, I mean, West Virginia is the three seed. Morehead State? Yeah. Morehead and Morehead State, State the team that beat uh, Belmont that we were yeah. talking about earlier. Belmont, yeah. you were talking about twenty six and four. Yeah. You got the yeah. snub. Yeah, and I mean, like that's the, I tell you what, that first round matchup between Clemson and Rutgers is going to be interesting because is Rutgers going to be like one of those teams that because they played such a tough conference? Let's not forget they got ranked as high as they were in the top ten at one point. Like they <laughs> yeah. were like Rutgers. I mean, give me a break. Yeah, Rutgers. So could they beat Clemson? And then maybe take out Houston in a nice little upset. I don't know, man. Those are the ones that always get me because I'm like, the Big Ten was really good. Is is Rutgers going to benefit from playing in that tough conference or are they just going to be Rutgers and they're going to lose to Clemson right off the bat and be done? So what happens if the Big Ten doesn't get any teams past the Elite Eight with two number one seeds, two number Two seeds. I'm willing to give the, the the Big Ten with four teams that have four top two seeds. I'm willing yeah. to give the Big Ten the benefit of the doubt to at least say that one of those four is going to the final four. If they don't, and they don't get any teams past the elite eight because I'm at least willing to say at least that they're they're getting they're they're getting one if not two teams to the elite eight. But let's say that they get a couple of teams to the elite eight and then none of them go to the final four. Is this a bust for the Big Ten? Well, I'm going to put it to you this way. I'm going to answer it this way. I have a bet with a guy. Oh, here we go. All right. Now, for all your kids, for all you kids out right. there, don't gamble. It's not a good thing to gamble. Now, wait. Okay, I won't ask you here live on the air how much you gambled, but you, 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 you are putting money down on this this bet you're about to speak yes. of. Correct? It's a, da- it's a down down payment. Yeah, a sure. down payment. A so, down payment. Oh so, shit! All right. No. So anyway, <laughs> so I got a bet with a guy at work, and I I gave. I gave him the first bet, and then he countered with a second one. So there's like Ooh. two going. So a together. bet with a side bet. So Ooh. the first one was, I'll take the Big Ten, you take the field, national championship. I get the Big Ten, you get the field. He's like, done. Ooh. I said, so somebody from the Big Ten's got to win a national championship. That's who Ooh. I'm taking. You're taking the field. That's ballsy. His, no offense, dude. That's his ballsy. Counter, his, counter, his counter bet was... I bet you the same amount that no Big Ten team makes the final four. Wow. Wow. I said, I'll take it. I'll take it. So I can either lose both or win both or whatever. I needed something where I could, if I lose the one, I can win the other. So <clears throat> I'll be honest with you, dude. Like, I'm not sure I would have taken either of those bets. <laughs> I mean, 
mean, this is the dance, dude. You never know what can happen. I no offense, dude. I ooh boy. Mm-mm-mm. So obviously now we know the answer to that question that if neither if no Big Ten teams make the final four or even the national championship game, this is without a doubt a bust of a season for you. I it's just it's the dance. You never know what can happen. I personally feel that the Big Ten, one way or another, is going to get a team into the final four. And here's my prediction. Are you ready? Remember that game at one point that was supposed to take place kind of early in the season? Um, Or no, I'm sorry. Oh. It did take place. It did take place. I'm totally thinking of Gonzaga and Baylor, which did not take place. However, remember that game between Gonzaga and Iowa that did take place and Gonzaga beat them by 11? How much you want to bet they play each other in the Elite Eight and Iowa wins and goes to the Final Four and gives Gonzaga their first loss of the season? I'm calling it right now. Iowa over Gonzaga, Final Four out of the West. All the other... The other uh, brackets, except for the South, let's talk about that in a second. But that's my prediction right now out of the West. Iowa, get back, Big Ten, basketball over Gonzaga. Gonzaga, hey, you made it to a national championship game one. (coughs) One national championship game one time. Your only Final Four ever. You made it to the championship, and you made a damn good game of it against North Carolina back a few years ago. But you know what? I'm sorry, Iowa playing in the, the the conference that they have in the Big Ten and getting these battles, I think they're going to beat Gonzaga in the Elite Eight and go on to the Final Four. My prediction right now, Jeremy. Well, there's a couple things there all. Aside from the, the two bets I have with gentlemen at work, I think that the, the Big Ten has to get one team in the Final At least four. one. they got to get one. At least one. one. They have at to least one. They've had... Illinois, Michigan, Iowa, and Ohio State all teetering near the top four most of the season. So they got to get somebody in the final four. As far as Gonzaga is concerned, I'm going to put it to you this way. They're not going to finish the season undefeated. <laughs> so I don't have them winning it. So, But I like Iowa beating them. That's that's a great predict- I that is I think Luka Garza is a handful. Oh. And, and they've got sharpshooters all over the – Bohannon – um, Weiss Camp, dude, for the East Joe Weiss Camp, but they or can Weiss Camp, shoot, however, yeah, they can all shoot lights out. And I don't know, man, I've never been, I'm kind of with Kevin, sort of. Uh, I think Gonzaga is a hell of a program, but they just haven't taken that leap. And I'm not every year, I'm never sold on them completely. I'm just kind of like, yeah, they're really good. Here they come again in the tournament. You know, with either they're undefeated or they got just one or two losses, but I'm not sold. Yeah. I just never yeah. am. So I like that prediction. I like Iowa over Gonzaga. That's huge. So That's huge. coming out of the South, what do you think? I mean, we just talked about Ohio State's bracket. Let's end it with this. Uh, well, let's not necessarily end it with this. Um, well, I don't know. We'll see where the conversation goes. What are Ohio State's chances? We just talked about it. I mean, all of these teams – all of these coaches, all of these names within the South region that quite frankly seem to be bigger and bolder than any other region in the tournament this year. 
what are Ohio State's chances to get to the Final Four? Let's just leave it at that. Oh, man. Um, I think they're good. I, I think it's really good. I think it's going to – I mean, I, I hate to always go with the – you know, everybody always picks the higher seeds. Like, I'm just going to go through and take, you know, the higher you seeds. You can't do that. You just can't do but it. But you can't. It's hard to do that. I mean, I think there's a possibility. Now, you just made the prediction about Iowa beating Gonzaga. Gonzaga yeah. and that was I, I think there's a really good chance that you're going to see Ohio State. <laughs> oh I mean, they could Uh-oh. potentially play. I think they might play either Purdue or Wisconsin. Really? For, I do. I think that especially Purdue, I think that they could have another game against Purdue in this tournament. I just have this feeling. I just think that Travion Williams, dude, is just so. I mean, they play North Texas. I think they could beat Villanova. I mean, but then they'd have to play Baylor. So or North Carolina or Wisconsin. But do I think, I mean, could Purdue beat Baylor? Absolutely they could. I think they, absolutely they could. So I think you could see Ohio State have to play another Big Ten team. To get to the Final to Four. To correct. So Well, and I tell you what, that would be interesting. Ohio State beats Oral Roberts. Gets a little get back on Florida because the last time love we that. played Florida, love we that. lost to him in the NIT. So why not? Let's rematch Florida. Then let's take on a Texas Tech or Arkansas or hell, how about this? Let's play 11 seeded Utah State because I don't know <laughs> if you remember or not, Mr. Royer, but the last time that Ohio State played Utah State. Was they had that mic, in um, the NCAA tournament where they lost in the first frigging round to Utah State? That, that was like 2001. Name? What was that dude that they had on that team? That was really, there was a dude on that team that was just re- oh that I God. cannot remember. I can't remember names from that Utah State team, but all I remember well, is that was, they lost that game against Utah State in 01 in the first round. So why not get a little get back? Keep the revenge tour rolling, baby. Play Florida, play Utah State, and then let's take on Purdue. I don't know if I'd want to see Wisconsin because actually that would be their revenge tour against us. Uh, or Villanova, because the last time we played Villanova, we beat the ever-living snot out of them. Let's play Purdue again. Let's make it a fourth game, dude. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. Let's play fourth-seeded Purdue, second-seeded Ohio State, Big Ten, fourth game matchup, rematch, South Region for the right to go to the Final Four. That's, of course, the dream. Is it going to work out that way? I highly doubt it, but... That would still be well, awesome. Well, I mean, you could go. I mean, dude, honestly, there's a lot of people. Like, there's, there's a lot of people that go chalk. They go with, you know. Well, of course. I mean, it, that, you, that's the easy could, route, right? Yeah, you could literally have an all Big Ten Final Four and it not be out of the realm of like <laughs> real. I mean, Ohio State, Illinois, Michigan, Michigan and Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> the first time ever in NCAA March Madness that? history where four teams from the same conference 
but make it to the final four. Yikes. Is there a po- is there, do you think all four of those teams are good enough to make it to the final four? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Hell yeah. They are. Yep. I do think I do think that Michigan takes a big hit without Isaiah Livers. I think that's a big hit going into the And dance. we need Kyle I mean, Young. We do. I hope that I haven't heard anything on Kyle Young. Not I yet. haven't seen you know, I did see when they did the. Did you watch the tournament selection show yesterday? Um, I caught bits and pieces because uh, the wife wanted me to help her with certain things around the house during that time period, so I didn't necessarily get to watch all of it. But <laughs> caught bits. Well, and did pieces. you see when they when they showed Ohio State when they announced them? They were still in the locker room at the Big Ten Championship. And they kind of they were like they stood up, they were clapping when they got the two seed. Did I, see I did not. No. And in the middle of in the middle of the room, like they were still in their unis and stuff, because they basically went off the court. Yeah. And then the selection show was. Well, announced. and I can tell you, I can <laughs> tell you this much that the post game press conference after the the, the Illinois game, um, they literally did not do the post game press conference for the Big Ten championship game until after the selection show. So it was like they came off the court. They went to the locker room, watched the selection show, and then as soon as that was announced and Ohio State was announced as the two seed, boom, they started the post-game press conference. So th- that well, much I do know. But anyways. Going back to – kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier, I have these weird things where I always have these feeling, these feelings where I'm like – you see something on TV or you see something and you think, man, that, that there was something that was meant to be. There's a reason why that was like that. So we go back to – the Purdue game where Kyle Young just went nuts and you're thinking, man, are we going to ride this dude into the turn? Like, is he going to be our, you know, Kimball Walker yeah. or Danny? Man? Yeah. So when they showed Ohio state as a two seed, the camera went to the locker room and they're all clapping in the middle of the room in an all black sweatsuit was Kyle Young. And it was like, the camera was almost on him. And he's like, you know, they're clapping. And I'm like, Dude, Almost like that, there was an was aura any, around him, and he was yeah, like, oh, like, you know. Yeah, like he's like, I'm going to win it all for you. Like it was just <laughs> like, you know, it was just, it was weird. He was like, because everybody was in their unis, and then he's like in this all black, like, sweatsuit. And it's like the chairs were set up where it was almost like around, and he's like in the middle, and he's clapping. And I'm like, that was really weird. That was just weird, man. I was like, it just, it, I don't know what that it, means. Maybe it's an omen. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like our boy Jim Carrey said in Dumb and Dumber, so you're saying there's a chance. Saying there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Young's going to be the most outstanding player. Hey. NCAA tournament. I'm calling it now, dude. I think your buddy was it. Was it Alex? Your the dude that runs the that was talking about him. Uh, he may be onto something, Alex. You may. You, Alex might want to play the lottery. He might be onto something. I tell you what, that was the most bizarre conversation i've ever had with anybody about kyle young and here is is my buckeye bro alex bryan talking about i just don't understand why he hasn't taken more threes throughout his career like i saw him shoot a bunch of threes when he was playing ball up here at Maslin, and then the very next day kyle young comes out just Dink, 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 dink. Just, just draining, like you said, clean threes, man. Clean Not threes. like you know, bouncing around. I mean, clean threes, drilling them. I texted uh, Alex, and I'm like, dude, I think uh, Kyle heard you. And at first, he's like, 
Oh my God, who do you mean? Who's Kyle? I'm like, dude, Kyle Young from our conversation last night. He, you know, LOL. He's like, oh man, okay, you scared me for a minute. I wasn't sure who you're talking about. But I mean, just absolutely right on cue, Kyle Young yeah. drilling threes. We had this conversation the night before. Could possibly be the same thing where give Kyle Young some space, some time, and. He could be an X factor. I absolutely. Now, am I expecting because, him to come out and drill threes against Oral Roberts and you know Florida, Virginia Tech, Arkansas, Colgate, Texas Tech, Wisconsin, North Carolina, Baylor, Winthrop, Purdue, North Texas, you know Hartford? For God's sakes, Hartford. Um, <laughs> no, I am not. However, um, seeing that he can do that. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe that's the spark that he needed to become an offensive threat or to become more of a well-rounded player heading into the tournament. Because not only were those threes clean, they were shot with conviction. He did not hesitate. Yep. He did. It was just like, he was like, I'm shooting this bitch. And it was like, bam. bam. I mean, that one he shot in the corner to end the half. I'm like, why not, Kyle Young? And he let it go. And I'm like, bam. why not? And he yeah. nailed it. And I'm just, and then he comes out. Clonk gets hit yeah, in the face, and I'm like, really? Well, and it's funny because Dude. it was almost an omen where clean threes, 4-4 four, four, from beyond the arc, first half, Purdue, never. I mean, they, they showed a stat where he had made two threes all year, all year. long. All year long. And was 4-4 four of four in, in one half against Purdue. And then, of course, he comes out second half, clanks clanks a three, and then a couple of minutes later, yeah, done. And you know what's funny is when he hit those, we, we were having a conversation at work. I, earlier in the year, they were Ohio State was paying somebody, and, and Kyle Young was kind of on the, I forget he was it was a three pointer, and he gets he gets a pass and he turns and he shoots a three. I mean, wide open. And it hit nothing. It like went over the rim <laughs> and hit the other side of the backboard. It was like an airball brick, which is hard to do. It was like an airball and then hit the. And then he comes out against Purdue and he's like, bang, yeah, bang, bang, like, bang, dude, like, because he's not. I mean, known to be a shooter, but let me tell you what, and if he can do that, dude, I mean. <laughs> I know. We could ride him through. He could be our bell cow, man. I know. Let's do it. I know. You know, but like I said, I mean, they are going to need him one way yeah. or another, regardless, to hit threes. You know what I mean? They're going to need him uh, to, to be that defensive stalwart, to be the whatever the case is. They're going to need him definitely down the stretch. Uh, if they're going to make some sort of significant run here in the tournament, they're going to need him. So... We're going to find out. We're going to find out. But, uh, uh, sir, hey, it is yeah. late on a Monday night, and uh, I think we've got to go to bed. Hey, you know what? O-H. I-O. <laughs> go Bucks. That is going to do it for us here, ladies and gentlemen, on another edition of the Buckeye Leapcast. We appreciate everybody or nobody as is probably the case for watching or listening to the show. But for me, Andy Evans, and you, Mr. Jeremy Royer, we do appreciate you guys coming along for the ride. And um, 
Mr. Royer, any last thoughts before we end the show? Because I have a feeling we're going to be doing another one Friday night, and I'm thinking at least we're going to have one of the two constituents on the show with us come Friday night. But until then, your final thoughts. Well, and let's and let's hope that we're celebrating a, an Oral Roberts victory, because good God, could you imagine... <laughs> You you think the sky is falling when they when they struggle against Illinois and and Michigan and and Purdue? Imagine when they struggle against Oral Roberts. You may have to come get me because, you know, something bad. Might uh, you happen. know what? Here's my prediction against Oral Roberts. Oh eight, God! Eight points. Go. Eight points. You know what? I I said the other day. I said somebody asked me. They're like after the brackets came out. They were like, "What do you think?" I think it was this morning. I was like, "I could see Ohio State winning by twelve. Yeah. Like it wasn't nothing crazy, like thirty. I was like twelve. Like I can see him winning. Anybody by 12. who I and who knows, but I just think given what we've seen from this Ohio State basketball team all year long, they are not a team unless it's UMass Lowell, which even then they could only beat by ten points at home. This is not a team that to that that typically is just going to shred other teams to death. I, I really could see like an eight point le- win over or twelve point win over Oral Roberts, but that's just the style of basketball that they play. Yeah, that's just the yep. style of basketball that they play. And 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 eight to twelve and not high scoring. Right. And when I say not, I could <laughs> see like a seventy two to sixty or something in that seventy sixty two. I was gonna say like, like sixty eight to fifty seven. You know, something like yep. that. I can see it. Yeah, I can see absolutely. that. Absolutely. And so, and so, hopefully, when we do this on Friday, we're celebrating that. And you know, and I, I'm not sure when Florida and Virginia Tech plays. I don't know if when we do this, we'll know who we play next. Um, um I know our game's at like three ish. Yes, yeah, three, I mean, uh, three, three o'clock, three o'clock, three o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, and I'm off Friday. Think, there like, you go. When I saw, like I'm off Friday, I was like, nice. Yes. Yes. Nice. So, well, and you know what I like is that this year, even though I know that there are teams playing in Bloomington and West Lafayette, which is where we're going to play Oral Roberts, and there's teams over in Banker's Life and the Scoot Scoop Scop Scoopaga, Scooby Doo, you know, <laughs> Fieldhouse or wherever they're, you know, playing these games entirely in the state of Indiana. They are, because they've gone to this the last several years of the tournament, and it's driven me absolutely nuts because I don't know about you, dude, but I remember when we were growing up, they would play all regions at once, right? So all of the teams in that region knew exactly who they were going to play after that day's games were done. And then they started going to this, well, we're going to, you know, in the West region, we're going to have teams that are playing in, uh, you know, North Carolina, uh, you know, play on 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 a Saturday when some teams... Are, and it's like they started just mixing things up in the regions and the dates and the times and all this stuff. And I'm like, what are you doing? This is not 
This yeah. is not the way the tournament was set up. If you're in the West region, you play all of your games out West. In the West. If you're in yep. the Midwest region, you play all your games in the Midwest. And Midwest. everybody plays on the same day. That way you know who you're playing going into two days later. And they started mixing it up, and it drove me friggin' nuts. But now... And I'm sure it's because of COVID, and it's probably going to change next year or whenever they do the tournaments again, um, <clears throat> the tournament selections again. It's going to change back to the to the original way that it's been the last few years. But this year, everybody who's in that region, first-round games, y'all play on the same day, period. Mm -hmm. So after Friday, you know who you're playing on Sunday. But of course, it's it's screwed right. up because it's Friday, Sunday, Saturday, Monday, which we've never yeah. seen that before as far it's as weird. the first two rounds. It's right. been Thursday, Saturday, Friday, Sunday. Now Sunday. they're pushing it back because of the first four games that are all taking place on Thursday night. But at least Ohio State is going to know all of the teams or or will know. All of the teams ahead of them <laughs> come after Friday, uh, Friday night. But I'm not sure exactly what time Florida and Virginia Tech play. Seven ten game is typically a later game. I could see them being on around like the six ish hour. Um, yeah, but uh, let me see if I can get a time okay. here. Friday, yeah, they actually play before Ohio State. No kidding. They play at twelve fifteen. Wow. Okay. Well. Twelve fifteen p.m. Shoots what I just said in the so ass. So we'll know. We'll know going into the Oral Roberts game who we yep. will play after yeah. that game if we win. Yep. I mean, okay. that's that's interesting, that's though. very interesting because I mean the two fifteen game. Who cares about that? Let's play it earlier in the day. Let's keep the right. closer seated games more for prime time hour, especially mm -hmm. on a Friday yep. night. You would think a seven ten game is more of an intriguing matchup than a two fifteen. But you know, I, he, COVID has completely screwed everybody's brains up, and it's just like it's a uh, I don't know. Let's just uh, <laughs> let's just uh, yeah. That's let's yeah. play. Games at Columbus State. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's go down to uh, you know, Guam and play a few games. You know, I don't know. We don't need yeah. fans. Otterbein and Capital will be wherever I play. Uh, <laughs> you know what? It's just oh. you know, Mount Vernon Nazarene. <laughs> the old MVNC. <laughs> Ooh, uh, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate you guys coming along for the ride. I'm Andy Evans. He's Jeremy Royer. We duly appreciate you guys uh, taking a few minutes to watch this show. I know it's been a lot of minutes, um, but nonetheless, tourney time, baby. It's it's it is. It's Ohio State basketball. It's tourney time. We got a lot ahead of us, and we do appreciate you guys checking us out. Um, like us, share us, subscribe, because that's the popular stuff to say nowadays. You gotta click on subscribe, <laughs> like us, yeah, share us, retweet us. Yeah. All right, yeah. yeah. All right, hey, let's leave like we always do, my brother. Oh, H. Yes, sir. I go Bucks. Yeah.